Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Upon Further Review. How's everybody doing? Good. Good. Real good. All right, let's go around the horn and say who we have for this week. Renee Michelle Aranda. Amy Cordova. Chris Vimbrez. And I am Noah Kinsey. All right, let's get into this. Have have we seen any good movies since last we spoke? Mad Max. Mad Max? You liked it? Uh, It was really entertaining. It was like super, super edgy. Like, what's happening? Before (laughs) it even gets to the title, uh, you know, like now it's like 10 minutes into the movie and then it finally shows what movie you're watching. (laughs) But yeah, it was really fast paced, super exciting, lots of color, obviously so action packed and it was very entertaining. I don't have a lot to say about the storyline other than it was meant to be lots of explosions. Mm -hmm. So I'm not even Mm -hmm. faulting it for not having Mm -hmm. the most, you know, intense and elaborate storyline, but it was, uh, it was enjoyable. Yeah. It sounds like it knows what it what it is and it really played on that too is that it was like over the top and like ridiculous but i'm so glad it was okay yeah did you see the original one no unfortunately ones ones because technically this is a continuation oh is it yeah so oh i thought it was a reboot Mm -mm, it's a continuation of the story Okay, so just, you know, that actually, he, I got that from watching it. I was thinking there's okay. a full storyline yeah. here that they're kind of giving you hints at that I could tell this was not the beginning mm-hmm. and they meant to start not at the beginning. And I was, I was wondering about yeah. that. Makes so sense. I would recommend if you go back to see any of them, see the second one, which was the first U.S. theatrical release, The Road Warrior. Mm-hmm. That one's really good. I wasn't a huge fan of the third one, The Thunderdome. Oh, I thought yeah. it was kind of, even as a kid, I'm like, ah. Captain Walker. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. It wasn't. It wasn't my jam, but yeah. So is he the same Max? I've no it is, it's supposed to be the same Max, but it's obviously okay. It was Mel Gibson. Yeah. No, because I know hard. they they brought back the dude who played Toe Cutter yeah, in the original one to play that. the main villain in this one. Yeah, that was pretty Yummy. cool. I thought that was cool. Any anything else uh, about the movie? Um, Theron was absolutely amazing. I'm sure you guys have heard that all yeah. over social media. Mm-hmm. It, what I love was that it was basically a heroin story in disguise mm-hmm. that it was so much just action that you don't even realize that max was actually kind of not the main character yeah mm-hmm. and by kind of i mean he really was not the main character <laughs> <laughs> um but theron's character was amazing and the the stuff that she did and all the heroics and almost like almost all of the main cast was female mm-hmm. and i thought that that was really cool that they managed to do that and yeah. People didn't even notice enough yeah. to complain about it. Well, there was there was a lot of online um, groups against it saying it was a hidden feminist movie. <laughs> it's like, really? I mean, oh, all the women are kick ass, awesome. How how does how does that negatively affect people again? I don't know because Max was still really cool. Yeah, it's not like it's, they made him weak ever. Mm-hmm. You know, he mm-hmm. was still really badass. But they're picking on Max the whole time. All the guys who went watch it got mad. You leave Max alone, lady. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Max, get over here with your penis. <laughs> <laughs> Shut hey, Max, up. why aren't you wearing those pants that I bought you that show <laughs> off your bulge? <laughs> nice. Uh, Amy, have you seen anything since we last spoke? Um, I started watching season one, episode one of a brand new NBC show called American Odyssey. Pretty interesting. What's that about? I've seen the poster, but yeah, it doesn't really tell me what it's about. It, it uh, takes place in Afghanistan and also here um, in like Washington, D.C., and it's 
basically about corruption and it kind of is uh, an army and also Blackwater type uh, company, mm, okay. like infantry type sure. security. A private and army. I use, yeah, private security. And I use that very loosely. And um, yeah, it's all about cover up and, you know, money and it's interesting. And the the only female the, the the female that plays the lead is basically surviving, uh, um, you know, in these tribes in the hills of Africa or uh, Afghanistan, and it's pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting. She's basically, um, you know, a, a dude. You know, she cuts all her hair off, and she's trying to basically, you know, tell people that she's alive. And meanwhile, this Blackwater type company is trying to kill her and find Yikes. her. It's kind of scary, but yeah. I think that's where it stops for me. Oh, you're not going to continue watching it? I might give it another episode, but I don't know. It's it might be of one of those shows where it, I, even, I forget what it was. I think it was Sons of Anarchy or something. It actually took me, and and um, the new um, kind of modernized uh, Doctor Who, it took me mm-hmm. like finishing the first season to be like, okay, now I care about this. And Mad okay. Men too. But then okay. after a while, it got really interesting. So I don't know, yeah. maybe after you start caring about the characters, it gets it a little a, bit. Yeah, exactly. And there's got to be more than just one character that we care about. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. yeah. So we'll give it another yeah. shot, but uh, <laughs> it's okay. Don't be afraid but, to let it go. But that's what I <laughs> that's what I've it's seen. Okay. And Chris. <laughs> Thank you, Amy. I'll pick it up. Take it from here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it being Sunday, I'd like to give a shout out to my Sunday shows on uh HBO, which is Game of Thrones, oh, yeah. Veep, and Silicon Valley. Um, and surprisingly, Veep and Silicon Valley are better than Game of Thrones, uh, wow. just, just as a watch. Really? Um, they're, I mean, they're not an hour, they're 30 minutes, so maybe the drag has something to do with it. Right. But Silicon Valley, I was talking about this with Brian, it is like the perfect show. The characters all play themselves perfectly. Uh, the comedy is just new. Okay. Um, it's fun. Every single week, I feel like, it's like, oh, well, no, this is the funniest episode of the season. Nope. Mm-hmm. Scratch that. This week yeah, is the funniest. Um, and Veep, I I love that show. I like the political aspect, the humor, political aspect of it. Um, again, the cast, man, they got some goofy ass people in there that just make me laugh. And then Thrones, I cap it off with some Thrones, and I mm-hmm. get my epi- I get a, a chalice full of beer, and I got some <laughs> friends over. I shut the lights off. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you know, say a few a uh, few prayers and whatnot, and then uh, engage. So I li- I like to just give a little bit of. A little bit of spotlight to my uh, Sunday night routines when I watch my shows. And you guys should check them out, too, because they're good shows. Are your prayers before watching Game of Thrones is because every <laughs> character that you love will eventually be killed off? So you're trying to, like, make peace? No, I, I, I've i uh, read the books. So I, 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 oh, you're I know, one of those. Oh, nerd? <laughs> no, um, so, I, like, I have a fair idea. I just uh, say a little private prayer to uh, Khaleesi, just in case she's out there listening. Right. And hopefully she hears me. Cool. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Amen. I saw two movies um, in varying degrees of enjoyment. Hmm. I saw a movie called They Came Together, which I'd never heard of before. Um, but it is a David, is it Wayne? W-A-I-N? Mm-hmm. The yeah. White Hot American Summer, that guy. Mm. It's his movie, and it's like a spoof on rom-coms, sort of, starring Amy Poehler and Paul Rudd. And it's on Netflix if you get a chance to check it out. And it's hilarious. 
Um, my my girlfriend loves rom coms, mm-hmm. so this past year I've seen a lot of them, <laughs> and which aren't my favorite. Right. And so this was pretty amazing to see. Like it's almost a mashup of all of them. That's funny. And it's it's very funny, but his movies so fall under the radar. I'm not really sure. Like for the star power and. The people who he has in there. I mean, it's the same group of like comedy people. That's all as Amy would know. Marketing. It's yeah. all in the marketing. Mm-hmm. But it's like, man, I mean, he the, they look great. They're great actors. Everything was like, man, who's paying for these movies? Because you don't see them in the theaters or anything yeah. like that. Or you don't even hear about them. I'm sure they yeah. came together was in select theaters, mm-hmm. which it should have been more. Because I kind of missed that. I was thinking about it. And I miss the movies that are spoofs of genres that actually have a story through them, like like um, the Naked Gun movies, Spy Hard. Those actually, yeah. yeah, they had the spoofs and the references, but they also had a story in of themselves versus like epic movies, superhero movie where it's nothing but gags that have no... It's all like a hodgepodge of all this stuff. And I miss that. Yeah, I miss the spoof with the story in it. Yeah, You didn't think Walk Hard had that? I guess it did. It wasn't really my jam, but yeah, I guess it did. But I'm talking more. I mean, I, I mean, I guess that that's that's an example of like it done right mm-hmm. in a good version yeah. of that. But more often than not, you see the ones that are just the visual jokes, visual joke, visual joke, and you're supposed to laugh. It's like, why am I laughing? This is yeah. random. It has nothing to do with anything. Yeah, they did the <laughs> string of superhero movie. Uh, epic, d- movie. epic movie, date movie, those disaster ones. movie. Yeah, no, those weren't very good at yeah, all. No, yeah. mm-hmm. no. Um, and the other movie that I saw, and this is a kind of older one that I just never got to because I heard it was bad. My roommate bought it and said it was hilarious, so I sadly took his word for it. Your Highness, <laughs> oh. <laughs> with James Franco, yes. yeah, and Danny McBride. It is so bad. I saw that. Yeah. It is so bad. Yeah. It's pretty silly. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, I think the only reason it's bad is because of James Franco, though. No, I Danny McBride like... is pretty bad in it, too. I like McBride. But you know in what? It. I mean, I shouldn't say they're bad. The writing was bad. <laughs> <laughs> the writing was just lazy. I felt like the crass comments were in there, not as a to be the funny part. Like I don't even I remember. I feel that way actually about a lot of some of the the comedians that kind of get together and have the resources to make movies. Mm. A lot of them are just kind of them just fucking around and messing around yeah. and being friends. Yeah, and mm-hmm. they don't really put a whole lot of thought yeah. and like craft yeah. into the movie, so it just kind of turns out to be their fun and all that. But yeah, it's definitely a little. Well, it's interesting because Danny McBride co-wrote this, and I feel like this was My the point m- except yeah, but I feel like this was the movie where. Because of Pineapple Express, uh, certain producers and directors are like, I think this guy can lead his own movie. And he is a writer because he wrote Fist Footway, mm-hmm. um, okay. which is great. Very great. Um, which is the movie that even got him known. Yeah. Um, he plays the same character and everything, but that's fine. He knows his stuff. But um, but I guess it's two different trains of thought. Like I think with him, he got all this money to, I'm assuming, to write it and all this stuff. And he's like, awesome. They love me. I can just kind of oh, throw this together yeah. versus because I'm neurotic. If I get one of those types of big breaks, I'm like, oh, my God, I better bring my A game. Right. Because this, this could all end right now. Yeah. Did, yeah. You, did you ever watch Eastbound and Down? It's it's a am not I don't necessarily care for the typical characters he plays, but the writing is great in it. Fantastic. And he yeah. he co-wrote a lot of that. Yeah, I know. Um, so I was boggled by this. Man. Oh, 
my my roommate's recommendation and the fact that he's a good writer tricked me into watching this movie. Yeah. Well, no, okay. you just had to get so really, really, really stoned and then just have I like guess. a big bowl of chips nearby. I that's guess. the secret and then right there. When you snack and then yeah. watch it. That, that's how you watch that movie. <laughs> and see it with a lot of friends that yep. are a little easier to entertain and easier to play. There you friends go. Yeah. Who yeah. enjoy a good dick joke. There Where we're go. actually just making up our own dick jokes while half watching the movie. <laughs> and after you be like, you know, that was great. That was great. You That's know that great. joke? That was funny. You Balls. said that. Oh, well, that was great. <laughs> Academy Award winning Natalie Portman. Mm. While she was in training for Black Swan. So I remember reading interviews. She's like, while they were eating whatever over there, mm-hmm. I was eating like sucking on my salary stick right? and lettuce and stuff while she was training for that. Yeah. So while James Franco is getting high as a freaking kite. And he was wrong for that part. Holy Munchies. crap. Yeah. He is not charismatic enough. He was more charismatic in Spring Breakers, and that was a piece of <laughs> shit. You know what, though? I, I agree with that, with that movie, but I fucking love Franco's performance in that. That was the His only performance thing is great, but that movie I is like, horrible. I agree with that. I, Look at I my was she. really upset. Look at the she. Look at all my she. I was so upset. I'll make him money. I'm an alien. But, you know, the, even like <laughs> the colors, though, were great. The, no. Oh, it's the so bad. The cinematography was interesting. Like, the art was cool. That movie should have been called Montage itself? After Montage, because that's yeah. all it was. But as far as, like, storyline, oh, my okay. God, don't, don't waste really? your time. Watch, really? it, watch uh, maybe YouTube might have, like, short videos okay. of James Franco in that character. Okay. Watch those that. Yeah, those are fun. Don't watch the rest of it. Okay. It was such bullshit. awful. But yeah. he's hilarious in it. Okay. So bad, but okay. so good. Really, and he knew great. he was in a bad movie. Yeah, he knew he was in a bad movie. He's like, I'm and just he gonna. Had fun with he it. Nicholas yeah. Cage the shit out of that movie. Um, <laughs> he no. really did. All right, so <laughs> now our next segment. Let's talk about um, some topics and some news. Okay. So this week has kind of been not the loudest when it comes to movie news, but there's mm-hmm. a couple things I thought was interesting. Uh, so World War Z two mm-hmm. has the release what? date now of June 9th. 2017. Mm, what? And I'm going to murder this last name, and I apologize, but J.A. Bayona, who directed The Impossible, is going to direct this one, hmm. which The Impossible is pretty freaking good. The That's the oh, Naomi or the uh, Naomi oh, okay. Watts one about the hurricane. That's right. Or about the oh, tsunami. That's right. Yeah, that was a painful one. movie yeah. to watch, but it was the first amazing. like ten minutes. Oh. You just like. Have you seen what? this movie yet, Chris? The Impossible. Would, no. Oh, it's so good. It, so painful yeah. to watch, but it's so good. It's, it's a drama where so... basically like there's a family vacationing um, together and the tsunami, I mean, this is based on a true story. Like yeah. this actually happened. A tsunami came and hit like their whole area, killing off a bunch of people. It separated the family. Yeah. So the wife with one of the boys, the oldest boy is separated from the husband and the two other boys. And so they don't know where they are. They're trying to f- they don't know help. If they don't even know alive. if, yeah, they don't even know if the, the other people are alive. It's torture. And how they yeah, come back together is pretty amazing. It's a really it's good really movie. Good. And I don't like feelsy. I'll check it out. I don't think you will. I'll check it out. No, 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 I'll right. check it out. All right. But anyway, so that gives me hope. Yeah. I wasn't a huge fan of the first World War Z. Mm-hmm. I found it kind of sleepy. Did you read it. the book? No, I did. The book is amazing. The books are extraordinary. And it had... Almost no play in the movie. Oh, you, no, yeah, and okay. it's such a tragedy ask because the, the books are set up like this documentary. Yeah. It's amazing. And it goes through okay. like witnesses kind of retelling their experiences of this whole thing happening. So it's it just has this realism to it. Yeah. But the movie, it, it I mean, I, I thought Brad Pitt was awful. 
in mm-hmm. that he played this like I'm too cool for school, nothing phases me. Yeah, and as long no as I'm wearing my how, scarf, I am good. And I feel like no, no matter how amazingly <laughs> skilled you are, even like Daryl in The Walking Dead is the perfect example because yeah. he still gets scared. If there's something coming at yeah. you that's gonna kill you, you're gonna be a little phased. You yeah, know? Mm-hmm. and I felt like he in that. He, yeah, you're in that right. Movie, he just he he acts so yeah. like I'm yeah. so on so top removed. of this right now. I'm so mm-hmm. removed that it is awful. Yeah, that's one of those movies I check checked out like not even halfway through. This is mm-hmm. not, but well, I, because you know, I didn't because read the, the book. main character didn't care about it. That's exactly. why. If he that doesn't is, care, yeah. I don't care. And a great portion didn't have to be reshot. Yeah. Oh my god, that, that was issues with Brad Huge. Pitt. Yeah, and, that's uh, a Brad Pitt. Producers. It's a Pitt. That's problem. why. Is that's that why, why, even though it did well, that's why uh, the sequel was in question. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because certain people didn't want to work with other certain people in yeah. the production because yeah. of how the reshoots and yeah. things were handled. Well, that definitely showed up on screen. Yeah. yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, I would agree. yeah, but I agree with Chris. I just I I hate that the books didn't come in because if I saw a movie or a series based off of those books, that shit would be crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because it's like oh it takes God. us after all the kind of Z wars and stuff had gone right. down, and he's just traveling to all these people who have these unique and horrifying stories from different parts of the world, and he's just kind of taking their accounts of it. And just the way to describe it to you, like yeah. it gives you chills when you read it. Yeah, and the fact that like. The movie was just something completely different. And I didn't even enjoy the movie until I saw the unrated director's cut. And oh. I finally got to see some blood and people getting mm. eaten and okay. just tackled. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Meh. All right. Our second news is oh. next year there's going to be an epic showdown in the box office. Mm-hmm. On the weekend of March 25th, 2016, mm-hmm. Batman versus Superman has a competitor <gasps> coming in. Snap. Yeah, so that's when that's the third release date they've given to Batman versus mm-hmm. Superman. Yeah. It's supposed to come out this year, but didn't want to compete with the Avengers. It's going to come out earlier. There's another movie they didn't want to compete with. They kept moving it. So now it's here. Do you remember what it was, Chris? The um, I want to say it was another superhero movie, right? I think so too. Um, I don't remember what it is. Ant Man. No. Um, no, no. Deadpool has a tentative oh, release Deadpool. date of the twelfth of February. It might have been either but Star Wars or Apocalypse, X Men Apocalypse. Oh, you know what? Uh, I think it was Star Wars. Actually, I was going to say yeah. I think Star Wars was that. So originally it was like, nope, we don't go, go against Avengers. Nope, not yeah. Star Wars. Apocalypse kicks off next year's summer blockbusters if it's released on time. What time? When's it supposed to? It's supposed to be like Memorial Day weekend of uh, next year. Oh, okay. Oscar Whoa. Isaac as yeah, Apocalypse. We'll Me like from work. Nice. Oh, nice. Fancy. We're going to talk about that later. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, but Batman versus Superman has a new competitor. Okay. Is it going to win versus My Big Fat Greek Wedding 2? Oh. What? <laughs> Yep, my big fat Greek wedding Bigger too. and Greeker. You just gave been... everyone at the table blue balls. You're we like, <laughs> no, okay, yeah, what is it? This is an epic this. movie coming out. <laughs> then my job has been done. That's great <laughs> lead up. So what do we, oh. I think my first reaction is this is hilarious when I read this, but then I'm like, you know what? They're completely different audiences. Yeah. Well, completely so, different audiences. Nope. So Still, different. I wouldn't release anything I, I against mean, them. You know, no, but do you really think the people who are excited about my big fat Greek wedding two are going to be like, do I need to see this or Batman choices choices? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think it's the same audience at all. No, kind of surprised there's going to be a sequel, kind of not. So because Hmm. Nia's follow up movies have not done well at all, or TV, or TV, yeah, yeah. nothing Mm -hmm. she's done. I think she's wonderful and she's a great writer, but nothing has stuck other than this. 
So it's time to go back to the well, you know. And uh, hmm. so we'll don't we'll change see. what works is what they say. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, so that was that one. Now another thing I want to talk about, and we have some good people in the panel to talk about this, is do we know about the whole Simon Pegg getting heat stuff going on for spoiling what? Daniel Craig as a stormtrooper? No. I didn't uh, know. What? what? Uh, you, uh, <laughs> Explain yourself. Chris. Explain uh, yourself. They're asking questions at something and like, oh, hey, do you have uh, some kind of guest role on the new uh, Star Wars? Are you a stormtrooper? He's like, no, I'm not. Uh, Daniel Craig, I think he's the stormtrooper. And then uh, then he leaned in. He's like, oh, shit, I probably shouldn't have, shouldn't have said that. <gasps> so I, th- I just that think he's going to be Daniel Craig to, in cool. a wow. stormtrooper outfit. Yeah. So. People were like, oh, my God, that was awesome. If it's like five seconds long. <laughs> um, no, actually, the heat is he was in another interview he had this week. He was talking about how he feels the superhero movies are. Um, I am going to murder this word. Infant infantilizing. Is that how it is where it's like dumbing down? OK, I wonder. Uh, that's so weird. If, the, uh, if he's talking about because did he just. About the Avengers, is that why he was? Saying you sat this? next to him because right? I was just saying because yeah. I sat next to him, yeah. so that would be interesting if that's when he came to that conclusion. <laughs> so just I should, have asked. I should ask. I feel like more of the heat he was saying that is because he's been writing the third Star Trek movie, mm-hmm. and oh. so he's getting a lot of notes from oh, the studio. I see. And basically, one of the things he said is like the Avengers Assemble movie, which was like the first one, I think, mm-hmm. is what he's referring to, made one point five billion dollars in the box mm-hmm. office. He said, whereas their Star Trek movie... Infantilizing. Um, infantilizing. Thank you. I knew I was going to... No, no, no. I, I, I did say said it. Right. Yeah, okay. he did. Sweet. I'm smart. So, um, anyway, but he said the second Star Trek movie made $500 million worldwide. He's like, which okay. seems great. But to the studio, that was a, mil- a billion dollars left on the table for who's supposed to be their like audience. Right. So one of the notes he got from their... I guess they're going to rewrite the new Star Trek movie... Because the studio wants it to be more inclusive, because he says he feels hmm. his version was too Star Trekky and wants to make it more accessible. So I thought, for one, okay, uh, with him and Joss Whedon lately, I feel it's like okay, you've gotten certain notoriety. Yeah, maybe you not should not be so blunt and negative. Now that I think you get yeah. to this point where you're like, I'm. They need me more than I need them, so I can say whatever the hell I want. Because mm-hmm. Joss is, I love Joss. I've loved yeah. him since Buffy. But lately, he's been saying stuff. Where I'm like, shut up, dude. Yeah, you this, made mm, it. Like, let's it. let's. Yeah. Yeah. You played the game for so long. Yeah. You can't act like you're of the people at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, but but what I want to talk about is the just the feeling between mainstream versus fanboy when it comes to making movies, right? Um. Where where do we stand on this? Mm-hmm. Like, how how do we feel? For for me, I think, I mean, I'm kind of coming from the producer side of things where I would probably have agreed with the studio without reading it. I would have agreed with the studio not to make it as Star Trekky mm-hmm. because you still want to grab people. I mean, it's it's the whole thing. Like, even when I worked in advertising, you have your core group of people you know no matter what are going to buy your product. Mm-hmm. What we want to do is appeal to the people in the outer right. regions who are maybe thinking about entering your I think it's just like arena. what we talked about with reboots. The point of even making another Star Trek movie is to continue entertaining people with 
adapted stories that are mm-hmm. relevant to today. Just like with the Fantastic Four, where people are so up in up in arms because uh, you know Johnny Flames is black. Wait, and, what? And people are saying that that's not true to the story, and that's true. But the point of remaking the movie is mm. to make it 2015 now, yeah. mm-hmm. and to it have needs, it come as out long as it makes sense today, in the reality of its movie. Yes, and so they they're hitting the modern family that now you can have an adopted sister that's not your same race, and that's not the point of what a family is. Mm-hmm. So I I think that same thing with Star Trek. I I agree with you that I think the studio is mm-hmm. right in saying these movies were not trying to remake the comic book. We're not trying to remake. You know, first generation. We're not trying to remake Star Trek, the yeah. original, you know, with the. And that would, I mean, that's Kirk, like you know? 30, 40 years of history that mm-hmm. someone would have to know. Like, are you really wanting, are you really striving to reward those people who, or do you want to get a bigger audience where you still are true, like we talked about last week, exactly. true to the core to the artistic core of, yes. integrity, mm-hmm. but make it more accessible to so other people. So that more people can be touched by it and, yeah. you know, be, want to become fans and see all that old stuff. Exactly. You're starting from the inner circle and working your way out. Mm-hmm. So obviously you're going to try to appeal to that audience first, your your bread and butter. But like if you were to compare it to like the uh, Superman versus Batman, I mean, that whole thing has been debated since what, the 1940s? Yeah. I mean, that's just so huge. Yeah. But yeah, I know what you're saying. At what point does it become too much, you yeah, know, or I'd... too, or too art, you know, artistic versus... You, you know, can still, if you're a, I'm, if I love Simon Pegg, but my yeah. whole thing is if you're a good writer, you can put little Easter eggs and little nuggets in your script exactly. that's yeah. going to be a nod to those faithful people and sure. not completely isolate the people who are just, you know, becoming fans. Absolutely. I mean, you could even throw, especially with something like Star Trek, you can throw in all kinds of this is an oh, alternate so universe type thing yeah. where right. clearly your truth is still there. It still yeah. exists, but this is this other alternate reality right. mm-hmm. where it's appealing to the mainstream. And that, sure. that would probably help that solve that problem real fast. What yeah. do you think, Chris? I think he probably got that no because the Guardians did so well. And Guardians mm-hmm. isn't super comic booky. Nobody knew um, even much about it. To begin but with. even if you know about the Guardians, like it's still different in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, and they just made it more of a good movie with yeah. the, these Marvel characters. Yeah. So it wasn't a, a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. so it was just a good yeah. movie uh-huh. with characters who happen to be Marvel. So I think yeah. that, and it was, it was, they mainstreamed it a lot too. Oh, absolutely. Uh, totally. Specifically for that movie. So I think that's why they gave him that note to try to make it more accessible and broad as opposed to use um, a Star Trek movie. Like as he probably turned it into a Star, uh, Star Trek script. I said, no, we want a, a good movie script with Star mm-hmm. Trek yeah. characters. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, I also feel coming from now the writer portion of me that we've seen this all the time. Like you've just, if you're setting out to appeal to the fanboys, you will never freaking win. You'll never they will there. complain about everything. everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I will still not shut up about the Dark Knight Rises. That how much I didn't like. The, I mean, granted, that didn't be faithful. But I'm just saying, like, when you have something that people have loved forever in their mind, they're going to kind of romanticize what they love about it and what they think it should be. Where, like, when you go into a property. 
Like with Marvel, I can go in, I could know the characters and at least trust that Marvel's going to be true to it while throwing mm-hmm. different things in. It reminds me of that Mario movie. Remember that Super Mario Brothers movie? Like, of <laughs> course, John that has, and Bob yeah, it has nothing to do with, you know, the Mario we love, but it was still yeah. kind of an entertaining and quirky oh movie, gosh. you know? It's an amazing movie so still to it this was, day. Yeah, it was pretty fun. So, of and, course, Nintendo was horrified and yeah. doesn't ever want to do that again. But for <laughs> us as, as moviegoers, we know that they're, you know, it's they weren't trying to just shit on everything that we mm-hmm. loved and held dear of Mario. Mm-hmm. It was just a, a movie. And fun fact, uh, do you remember in Face Off where they're in that pri- that island prison and they have those shoes that like are magnetized that yes. get stuck to the ground? Those are from Super Mario Brothers movie. No. Yeah, the take boots. Yeah, yeah the boots. Yeah. Um, right. But but so like with fanboys, they're always going to complain about something. So. I feel like if you're only trying to appeal to them, you'll always lose because even the last Star Trek movie, there was so much. I'm, I mean, I used to watch Star Trek as a kid, but there was so much, so many in jokes for Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And I talk to people who are like lifelong Star Trek people yeah. and they're like, um, they were pandering too much. And it's like, what? They were pandering to you. Yeah. Why are you appreciating this? Yeah. So he's writing, Simon Pegg's writing the So he's the co-writing third. the third Okay. One. Star Trek Beyond, I want to say. Is it going to be J.J. Abrams? Nope. J.J. Oh. dropped out to do Star, Star Wars. Wars. So he's out of it. Okay. He's out of it. Oh, my gosh. Which now opens no it up to more players. people. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. No. So, anyway, I thought that was kind of an interesting thing yeah, it is. to talk yeah, about. Yeah, that is for sure. Oh, well. Um, all right. So, as a follow-up to last week, I got the box, final box office numbers. So we were talking about Pitch Perfect versus Mad Max and how Mad Max, the the fervor behind it was so much louder mm-hmm. pitch perfect actually actually blew it out of the yeah. water in the box office nice. with 70.3 million dollars and an a minus cinema score versus mad max which was 44.4 million and surprisingly a it's b plus cinema score which is i would have imagined with how much people have been talking about it'd be like a well I mean, yeah. like i said it's it's very actiony but the storyline was kind of like mm-hmm. you know it's mm-hmm. an action movie yeah and now this week's going to be interesting because it's looking, even today, I was looking it up, it's neck and neck between Tomorrowland and Pitch Perfect 2 for like dominance for mm-hmm. the number one box office. They're both tracking very close together. Um, and actually Poltergeist is doing better than they thought, probably because it's been a while since yeah. horror movie has come out, about uh, four weeks since <laughs> the last one. And like, okay. as we know with horror fans, yeah. you know, they, they'll just go see it. So the fact that it's been four weeks shows it's going to be a good opening weekend. I'm interested to, I don't know if I want to go see it in theaters, but I'm, I'm interested because a lot of the complaints I heard was that they literally just remade it. Uh, Yeah. They, that they Mm. did, that they didn't do anything new. It was just, they almost like shot for shot. Everything that happens is pretty much just exactly the same. Do they have the girl? Caroline. (laughs) Do they have her? Yeah, that was my complaint with the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, where I'm like, this is almost like, exactly literally the same just, thing, yeah, to just the point where it's minute, boring. Yeah. Um, sadly, the cinema score for that one is C+. Oh, so see, it's that, not, that not looking crazy. so great. And the nice thing is Mad Max this week is looking to drop only 44%, which just the rule of thumb is with big blockbuster movies, mm-hmm. uh, an expected drop is like 60%. Yeah. So the fact that it's holding 44 is pretty good actually mm-hmm. cuz you know action fans like to go out the first weekend. Mm-hmm. So it's holding it's holding pretty well so that's cool. encouraging. What's interesting is both the new movies coming out 
this week are rotten on the tomato on the rotten tomato score. So Tomorrowland's at fifty percent, and Poltergeist at thirty five percent. Clean dog. But this this is the last topic we have for this segment. Um, I wanted to talk about Cinema Score, um, and just Mm kind of discuss the misconceptions versus what it actually is. Because I know with cinephiles and with audiences and things like that, there's a lot of assumptions about what that means and what the grades mean. Same thing with the Metascore and IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes Mm -hmm. overall score. A lot of people don't realize that that's like primarily user base that come in and then versus the the magazines and the newspapers that do theirs. Right, right. I think a lot of people believe that cinema score is like, we the people get to review it, and that's mm-hmm. not actually what it is. Um, are, do, is anyone unfamiliar with cinema score or its practices or things? Well, I would say for the audience, just sum it up. Absolutely. Yeah, I guess they don't know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, them. So what cinema score is, it's actually the exit polling. So they'll have people outside kind of be like, what do you think? And ask expectations. So really what the cinema score tells us doesn't necessarily mean whether or not the movie was good or bad, but how it matched people's expectations. So really it's a metric on the marketing for Mm -hmm. a film. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like based on the trailers and, you know, everything visual to do with advertising this. Did it match, meet the expectations? The theater marketing, the products Mm -hmm. that go along with it, everything, Mm -hmm. even the cutout, like cardboard things that are in the movie. Product integration, literally everything. Yeah. So it just is like, how did it match expectations of what, you know, the marketing? So that's why, you know, Drive, the movie with Ryan Gosling, which got amazing reviews, actually got a C cinema score because if you saw the trailer, it basically looked like a Fast and the Furious movie. If you saw the movie, it's a slow art house film Mm -hmm. where really all the action was in the trailer. So that's, you know, whereas, you know, you'd have like Fast and the Furious Mm -hmm. or Avengers or things like that, that aren't a hundred percent on and like the the ratings yeah. but get like an a or a minus is because the marketing everything matched expectations mm-hmm. so and that's also why horror movies tend to do so poorly because if the horror movie is a bad one marketing saying it's scary and if it's not scared that did not match expectations so i really did want to kind of discuss that and kind of clear up because i know before I was in the industry, I was part of like that Rotten Tomatoes community where mm-hmm. you comment on things. And there was a lot of people saying, oh, cinema score is just for stupid people who don't know true art and they wouldn't know it if they bid them and all that stuff. It's like, no, it's it's not them reviewing the movie. And yeah. it is something that's very important to studios mm-hmm. to know how did our marketing you know, stack up. And if I was in the marketing department, I'd be very nervous mm-hmm. until that came out, yeah. especially if I was in charge of the direction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I find it very interesting and it's always interesting to see that. And that also, it contributes to how the movie does the following weeks. Mm -hmm. So if a movie doesn't do well, but gets a good cinema score, typically studios are encouraged that the positive word of mouth is going to help it not drop as much. Um, and even back way back when, when matrix, I want to say revolution, the last one, what was that called? Matrix revolution was the third one, you know? Revelation, Revelation, Reloaded. Reloaded no, Reload is a second. second. Revolution, yeah, Revolutions. Okay, Brand's not anyway. Matrix Three. Okay, so the third one was up against Elf, and the first weekend 
Matrix was number one, Elf was number two, and then the next weekend it was reversed Switched. because okay. such good word of mouth about Elf yeah. came out and then it did really well. Is it true? Somebody, I forget where I heard this, but apparently Elf was actually supposed to be a really dark movie. I don't know where I heard that. Or well, I mean, totally to be fair, the yellow up, ones but... don't stop. Mm-hmm. Taxi reference. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know, but that, that'd be interesting. I love that movie, though. That's it's probably my favorite Christmas movie. Absolutely. That and Gremlins. Anyway. Um, oh. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Any Anything else we want to talk about before we, or any comments or, because I just talked through the whole cinema score thing. Did I, did I cover it, Gaz? Or does anyone want to yeah. say anything? Yeah. You did. <laughs> so I don't I, remember. Did I, did I bring up the thing about the, the scores on IMDb before about my frustration with those? I don't no, remember if but I did bring it up. Episode, let's let's hear it. That just reminds me of. Um, so I, I was in this um, feature with one of these Vine stars that I had never heard of until <laughs> I was on set, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, don't you know who that is?" And I'm like, "Yeah, no." So I googled him, and some Vine star, Cameron Dallas, is his name. Um, and uh, there are so many like teeny bopper fans and all that stuff, five million or so. That's cool, good for him. Mm-hmm. But there are also just as many, if not more, haters yeah. that because of his popularity and his, you know, some he's a cutie, you know, twenty year old cutie. And people would go on before this movie even came out. People were rating it a one, mm. a, a one star on IMDb because they're jealous of him sure. or whatever it is. Right. And for me, that was frustrating because that impacts my star meter mm. on there because oh. I'm in the movie. Yeah. So people are rating it down. And before it even came out, it had like a two star or something. Yeah. And, and there were like thousands of votes already. I was just thinking, this is so ridiculous that that's, yeah. I mean, it, this is supposed to be, you know, this professional world or yeah. the internet yeah. movie database. And it's, you know, users come in and they write what they think and stuff. But just to have all these just ignorant little kids clicking one star because of whatever issues they have. Mm. It just, it really frustrates me that that's, uh, that's the way the world works, that, uh, that that's how that rating system works. It kind of, I mean, evens out eventually after the, you know, buzz dies down and enough of the fans come through and have to just balance it out by hitting a 10, even if they only thought it was a seven or something was the other thing that just, yeah, it's frustrating. It's a little disingenuous. Maybe they should just have it where IMDb pro People are the only ones they can. <laughs> yeah. They do have Nobody's, the, um, the meta score, though, afterwards, where yeah. it's, there's the user rating and then there's the actual, like, the Hollywood Reporter and all the, they right. come in and they give it a one out of 100 or, or 10 out of 100 or whatever it was. Okay. Um, and then they score it that yeah. way and then it kind of, eh. kind of get a slightly more accurate, maybe, <laughs> depending on what mood they were in when they wrote the review and saw the movie. True that. Yeah, I always I, I feel that you know yeah give them a voice, but don't give the public the power when it's because mm-hmm. that's the opinion. star meter that pops yeah. up when you look up a movie is the user rating. Yeah, it's it's mm. unfortunate. It's ridiculous. Mm-mm-mm. So fuck you guys that went out there and gave it a one, <laughs> huh? Are you haters? Hate haters gonna hate. I got your back, Renee. Thanks. Guys. All we right, all, we all do. If it's going down. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it even just like I said, he's got so many, so many fans out there that it's like at a seven right now or something like that. So that's that's really not You're like bad. all right, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's, it's I'll all take right. it. All right, let's get into the movie. Woo! Why we're all here this Ow. week? E. T. The Extraterrestrial oh, from yeah. 1982, directed by Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's go around, starting with Renee. We'll go clockwise and say what we. Th- like, just if we liked it, if we didn't like it, and what would you rename it if you had to? I love this movie, and uh, I I don't think I would 
I mean, I know we're supposed to think of something to change it to. I actually didn't know that it was not just E.T., the title, mm. uh, until I the extra, uh, got yeah. the extra... Tra- for Everybody reason, always I says never, E.T. anyway. Yeah. I never even realized that that was the whole title there, um, which is a testament to how long it's been since I've seen this movie. It might have been something like 15 years or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just I adore how fun it is and just... Um, I miss that. It makes me miss that era of movie making. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess, uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't think of it. That's fine. Another pass. <laughs> yeah, pass. Amy, do I have to? Do we have to rename this? <laughs> you one? don't have to. I know. I don't know if I. This gun isn't loaded that I have pointed at. You guys, he does have a gun, and it's loaded and it's pointed at me. It really is. Send help. Safety's on. What was? Um. Do we like it? Oh, just I did loved you... it. Okay. You know what? Here's the thing. Yeah. I mean, what would you name it? <laughs> Elliot yeah, was... and his little friendly alien. There's a really yeah, obvious we... name. You okay. Guys. What? What is it? Be? Chris? Phone home. I was thinking that. I was thinking that. <laughs> no. But I thought um, that was too easy, so yeah. I changed it. But that's that's like the obvious alternate title. Yeah. For this. yeah. I mean. Yeah. Was it? Wasn't that phone home the uh, slogan for one of those? Phone companies back in the day, was probably. It? I, I would know. have tried to license that if I was right. Trademark yeah. that mm-hmm. every time somebody. Well, yeah, the alien was watching home. the phone commercial when he first phone. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe yeah. there's a home phone commercial. Yeah, something like that. Oh, Chris, what did we think of it, and what did we rename it? Okay, uh, well, it's it's obviously still a good movie. Um, the acting, you know, but there's a lot of children out I there, know, so you can't you can't hold that to. too hard against them. But uh, I didn't like the mom in this movie, but the movie is good. <laughs> it's a good movie, and I would either rename it "Phone Home" or "Absolute Power," uh, because the kids have that exchange in the beginning. Um, Michael, give me absolute power. He promised, you know, just trying to get him to let him to play. Yeah. And I liked um, how ET ended up having kind of like this great power and like these abilities that they didn't realize but elliot was the only one who really communicated with them so in a way Mm -hmm. he kind of shared that absolute power they have that weird connection where he Mm -hmm. starts saying we for both of them yeah yeah and they never really explained that how i know yeah (laughs) i mean they did like the mirror scene when he first got him into the room and they did like the mirror scene where he touched his face and they wiggled his finger and then he they looked they both looked like they got sleepy well maybe it's kind of one of those like (laughs) You know when what? people are really good with kids or really good with animals because they're like vibing on this weird yeah. energy plane. So maybe it's that E.T. is so superior in like life that children are the only ones that can like that age of child mm-hmm. are the only ones that are kind of open minded and mm-hmm. enough to be vibing like that. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was what it was. They're the only ones receptive to that. Yeah. Gotcha. No, there was like That's a sweet. like a hardcore link because in the end where he was dying, <laughs> the kid was dying too. Yeah. 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 So there was, and he there was, was getting going drunk. On. Yeah, yeah. When he uh, yeah, when drank a six pack, the kid was all drunk. <laughs> Hilarious scene, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that was drunk. <laughs> et yeah. is one of the best things you'll ever see. Oh my! So gosh. I loved the film. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great, and I do. I mean, I I can forgive the kids mm-hmm. because, of course, you know they're mm-hmm. not going to be the strongest actors. But I feel like Steven Spielberg and the composer did just a great job mm-hmm. to like send me back to being like a kid and just really feeling for this movie. Mm-hmm. I can't speak highly enough about the two of them in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, I renamed it Reese's Pieces Presents E.T. the Extraterrestrial. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> That's yeah. why I renamed it, just because it was very much a, a lot 
you know, of, uh, Reese's Pieces. Placement? You know why, yeah. though, right? Well, they wanted they to do M&M's. Hmm? Did they sponsor? Was that? Well, I mean, after the, I, Mars, uh, what, they wanted to do M&M's. Mars, Mars wouldn't turned give them, them down, so they yeah. did Reese's Pieces. Yeah. And then it caused their sales to skyrocket yeah. up. And um, that's kind of where product placement inside films yes. came from. Interesting. Because they saw the the correlation, which I'm surprised it didn't yeah. happen know, earlier than the 80s. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. You know. That seems kind of. Well, there was always cool. smoking. They brought oh, smoking back early on. Yeah, that's true. Smoking and drinking. Drinking. <laughs> so let's just jump into it. Let's get yeah. into it. All right. What 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 notes, what comments, what what things do we want to talk about? I noticed almost immediately from the opening scene the way that he had the camera really low the mm-hmm. entire time mm-hmm. actually reminded me of Jurassic Park where I was able mm-hmm. to almost like am I watching the same movie right now? Just so much of yeah. that intenseness that makes you feel anxious and that's yeah. fast. The way the all headlights were like yeah, coming at you. The shadows like, are like walking in front of the headlights, yeah. the flashlights, the fog, all of it. I could see it was just such a Spielberg style to it mm-hmm. and super cinematic. Classic and, Spielberg. Yeah, the, the low to the ground thing. I was just thinking, I got to remember that when I'm making movies, how impactful that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely great to have it from the viewpoint of the kids. Mm-hmm. So you're right that's there why with they them. Did it a huge the, connection. With ET two being so small, mm-hmm. that's why. Other than the mom, so you don't see the par- the adults' face you know, up until, until yeah. towards like I noticed that through. too. I thought that was genius. Yeah, yeah. I like I that. that was, it's such a small detail. Yeah, because I mean, such all a right. world when, when of and the botanist aliens are looking around and they look and you look up at the trees and just how towering they are, just how majestic, and then then it makes that the wide camera cityscape shot of all the city lights it mm. made that look more amazing because you're just yeah. so used to just thinking big already were those kids smoking a cigarette yeah they I totally were yes they were i saw it i was looking for it i was like where the fuck is the smoke coming from i, I went back and table. watched it i was just like okay it's, they're not playing cards it was in it, a, there was a cigarette it, yeah, in, cigarette. in, in the ashtray, right? one of the kids mm-hmm. yeah yeah and, and the, the mom was there yeah the mom, in a robe first of all if you're a mom don't hang out around your son and his friends in a robe in a robe yeah yeah you know, I did. I I thought she was super ineffective, mom, from the beginning. Yeah. Where it's like, no pizza. Yeah. They already ordered pizzas. They're no going wonder. Out to get it. No uh, one's stopping. The baby daddies and in Mexico with Sally. I was smoking. They never really got in into Mexico that. With Sally. She was just kind of a, a wife who wasn't good enough for this guy, and then he left, and she. Yeah. Was can sad. we can we talk about? Okay, first off, I do have smoking on yeah. here because I was <laughs> very you. confused where the yeah. smoke was and what was happening. Mexico. Mm-hmm. What what I don't understand? Where's the dad in Mexico with Sally? Is, is really okay? I didn't <laughs> yes. know because at one point the way that she was acting, I'm like, was this is this like a confusing metaphor? Is this no, like no, no. saying when my dog was I my parents took dog to gone to Mexico? Right, like, okay, now. remember that part where so Elliot's missing? It's like Halloween. Okay, he's missing like overnight. The cops there, you never see his face, but he's like talking and questioning her and everything. And, then, and she's looking in the fucking fridge. I know she's looking in the fridge. Yeah, 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 cop. Whatever. I'm just gonna be looking in the fridge nervously. It was so weird. But anyway, she goes. Well, the only thing that's been different is that um, their dad and I have recently separated, and it's been a big adjustment for him. So I'm like, oh, okay, so that's the whole Mexico thing. So yeah, he took off with Sally and. Mm-hmm. Mexico, and he hates Mexico. A bit racist, by the way, but like she never. I know that too. I was thinking. I wonder what people from Mexico thought when they saw this movie, and they were just like, "Oh, he hates Mexico." It's like, what are you saying? Why? Not like a specific place here. Not the Mexico. The whole country of Mexico (laughs) hates Mexico. Exactly. I was thinking maybe I maybe they should have explored this more. Maybe it's one of those things where you know 
sometimes we downplay things we don't want other people to worry about. So maybe he, uh-huh. he'd come back from Hong Kong and TJ, which is this <laughs> amazing strip club, actually. So maybe he'd come back saying, no, no, I, you know, I hate it there. It's, it's, you know, it's not that great. And so maybe he kept saying that, but he met Sally at Hong Kong or something. And so now he's down in, in Mexico. Yeah. With, I with was the, just so confused by it because I thought, Sally. I'm like, oh, he ran off with someone else to Mexico. But then the mm-hmm. way she was acting, I'm like, but did he? <laughs> Is that like a grandma's? Grandma's been really sick, so she's moving to Arizona. You oh, can't go yeah. visit anymore. <laughs> like, I didn't know if it was one of those situations. It was very confusing. Well, because she never it. got to redeem herself. Like, but, and, and like, yeah, she, her, just the, I feel like maybe stuff was cut out where it would explain her more. Yeah. Because like with, yeah. you know, like her looking in the fridge when her son's missing mm-hmm. or when she gets home and sees the empty beer can and she's like, huh, that's weird. And as opposed to as like, oh my God, there's only children. minors in this place <laughs> well, the, and there's empty beer the cans. The school called her and, says, and she intoxicated and then she smells the beer can and then she's like, oh no, you must wrong. I have the wrong Elliot. Like there's what? The evidence is all right there, lady. Watch your kids. And then she left little baby Drew Barrymore alone mm-hmm. in the house and went to get Elliot. And didn't yeah. notice the alien standing right there. No. Nope. No. It was very... But once... I just That's okay. I feel like there had to be stuff on the cutting room floor to make that make probably. sense. Because Steven Spielberg were... would have probably been like, no, 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 no. Like, maybe yeah. it's like... Um, do you guys remember that show Kids Next Door off... I uh, forget what... Um, I is it Cartoon Network or something? There was this cartoon that came out where it's just a bunch of these kids. They're like spies and they kind of paint every adult as an idiot or a moron. <laughs> yeah. So maybe he was kind of trying to go after the kid market so much with E.T. Mm-hmm. that he was trying to make so, the, the adults look that's like That's interesting. Idiot. So instead, of, I'm going to try and rephrase this to <laughs> see if this is... Okay, so we're seeing this movie through like from the perspective of a kid, mm-hmm. like literally. Yeah. Maybe the adults are supposed to be as the perspective of the kids as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know how kids are always like, "You don't understand under- exactly. me," That's and stuff it, like yeah. that. And maybe that was he was really trying to do it from. I don't know, but it didn't. Mm-hmm. That part didn't, didn't work translate. for me because I was very very confused mm-hmm. by it. But it did kind of feel for her. Um, where it's like, all right, she's doing the best that she can. It's not a good job, but she's doing the best that she can. You know, and it was. Yeah a shared experience for the family and kind of brought, you know, all overall brought the family together, this whole experience. Yeah. With I mean, I guess none of us, I mean, Amy, you would know you have children yourself, but I mean, if you've got three of them and then all of a sudden you're alone <laughs> dealing with the raising of these three children who are at that young, impressionable age, like yeah. how hard that must be, especially knowing that you're, supposed partner that was mm-hmm. supposed to be there helping you through this thing is just <laughs> in Mexico with Sally, you mm-hmm. know, like exactly. I can't imagine how mm-hmm. much of a mess I'd be. And I was very surprised with those kids and their um, put downs to other kids. Penis, penis breath. breath. Penis breath. <laughs> and she started really? laughing. <laughs> and then zero charisma. That was zero a charisma. slam on some kid. I'm like, <laughs> wow, that's an adult phrase. That was a weird thing to say to another kid. Zero charisma. That was, was kind of a dick. <laughs> he was. He I mean, is. He's, he's the asshole. one who told. Well, Dad would believe me, wouldn't he, Mom? Uh, right. Yeah, but he can't. Take that knife because... a little deeper in you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's with the younger, cuter Sally <laughs> <laughs> in Mexico, and then oh well, he hates Mexico. Well, no, say something about Sally, okay? Mm-hmm. Leave Mexico out of this, mm-hmm. and you attack the right. girl who took your man. Mm-hmm. That's right. Which, yeah, but that. even the brother was just like, oh, I want to kill you sometimes. First of all, older brothers, you should sock your younger brothers if they used to say shit like that. Yeah, dude. That's how I learned. <laughs> That's just the way of the world. It's a reflex, man. It's like mm-hmm. you touch a hot frying pan, I ain't going to touch that shit again. <laughs> yep. That's right. <laughs> Got to start when they're young. Live and learn. Reflexes. One time. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> no, that's a less a summary of that lesson. Uh, spank your children, guys. Make sure they're not hiding aliens. That's a whole attention. So I have to say, so when okay, let's just kind of back up here. So in case people listening who've never seen the movie. E.T. is about an alien that gets stranded here away from his people and they fly mm-hmm. away mm-hmm. without him because he's being chased and those aliens want to get away before mm-hmm. the people, which I wasn't, I we'll wasn't get back to this because I either. was not clear about this, but, um, and then a little boy befriends the alien and they kind of go through some secret adventures and slowly other people get to learn that E.T. is a real thing and... Mm-hmm. A lot of an Amblin's logo is created by mm-hmm. flying the bicycle, and then we we learn the value of family and friendship. So everybody wins. Um, <laughs> but kind of going back to the beginning, it was interesting when they didn't believe that about the something being in the shed, and so mm-hmm. Elliot brought them out there, mm. and the one brother like looks at the footprints, crazy ass footprints. Crazy ass footprints. He goes, "It looks like coyotes, dude. Mm-hmm. Shut up. <laughs> no, it doesn't." First off, that barely looks like a monkey's footprint. Yeah. Second off, that no dog type no. of animal has a footprint like that. That's mom, like a the parody foot on clan those kids that like again. to say things when they clearly have no idea what they're talking yeah. about, but they're like, oh, well, that's a coyote. And meanwhile, Supermom's like, yeah, probably. <laughs> like, supposed to, mm-mm. And she let mom her son year, sleep huh? outside all night? Yeah, In the cold? <laughs> and, and her asking him at the end, like, did you sleep outside last night? Like, like, why would you how be would you pissed know? about that? <laughs> Wouldn't you know if your child is in his bed at night when he's how old is he? And again? you and your oldest son just agree that there are coyotes about. Right. right? <laughs> Meanwhile, they leave the shed on. The, the shed, the light is on. I don't care. Yeah, it was the whole mother of the year thing. But even at the beginning, I was kind of confused when, when they are. Yeah, uh, what are they supposed to be? I don't understand well, what I think keys and these people are supposed to be. Oh They're yeah, the scientists. keys I didn't understand. I think he was there part was some of that kind group. of task force or yeah. something hunting sort of. the aliens. But I mean, when with the aliens, the botanists that came down, did they know ET was out there? Or yeah, were, but they couldn't get to him in time because they saw the other people. Why running. did they come mm-hmm. back sooner? Then that's a good point. Because I feel like if they had known he was out there, instead of like a, there's a group of them, and you then know what? Maybe they didn't. They know. mistakenly knew. No, they knew because one of them was waiting at the top of the ship. He was like rocking back, back and but maybe forth. it was more like if anyone's out there still, like we're about to leave. Maybe it was more. Well, they less they call. communicate like that because earlier in the scene, uh, when they're picking flowers and shit, um, <laughs> like they hear a sound and they all kind of freeze and then they all light up and they don't mm-hmm. move and the, yeah. except their uh, heart lights. And then they realize it's nothing, and then they go on. So I think that's how they communicated. But then I feel like, oh, why didn't they, can't, can't E.T. then glow and then call them, and then they'd come back because they're glowing at each other? Or do they, is there, like, some kind of, like, distance they have? Yeah, that be? is a good point why they didn't come back. No. Like, shit, he went what? to all this work to contact us. I guess, I we, guess have we have to go back. You guys, everybody get back on. We have to go. Uh, get him. E.T., you're the Damn worst. It. I feel like E.T. was a, a child, too. Yeah, And, maybe. like, uh, his yeah. parents had left him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it kind of had that feel. Because I, I had been lost in the mall. Mom <laughs> should have been watching me. Me and my brother got lost in the mall once. And then a it took, later, like, three hours to find him, you know? So maybe it was kind of like that. Like, oh, shit, we left him. Let me finish buying this, and then I'll, I'll go get him. <laughs> Because they just picked up all of those supplies, right, in the forest. Yeah, they had to take it home. (laughs) They had to plant crazy spaceship mushrooms. Did you see those? Yeah. Oh, I read that they actually made those with condoms. Condoms, yeah. Blown up. 
Well, at least oh, they're man. safe. I noticed it after because <laughs> I read that before I watched it, and then I was like, "Oh, I see that. That's what they meant." Yeah, practice. I'm glad I didn't. That would have threw me off was, big time. It was pretty weird, especially because we're establishing a children's movie here, mm-hmm. and then yeah. no way. And by is. the way, there nowadays is. there'd be no way in hell would beer be in children's movie. Mm-mm. I was thinking that. I watched. Yeah, I'm like, man, not. times are different. Because mm-hmm. they wouldn't have that. Would they wouldn't imply that a kid was plastered at school? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but. If I'm speaking from a human uh, perspective, I'm glad that an alien drank some beer while he was here. Why not? Enjoy take the that, simple take that things back with you to your oh, team. Have you seen American Dad? Have you seen that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> he was sharing a beer with his homie. It's like one for him, one for his homie. Yeah, he took down a whole six pack and he chugged he that did. first one. Like he, he tasted oh it. He's like, oh, what is this? <laughs> oh. And the dog's just like. <laughs> dog's like, leave me out of this. <laughs> Thanks for the potato salad. <laughs> <laughs> and here's something I thought was interesting. Okay. And this goes back to the Reese's Pieces. So, so in order to get this alien thing into his. or Okay. So even before bringing in the alien with the Reese's Pieces. I like how the way they humanized the alien to make sure, or like to show like, look, he's safe is for eating Reese's Pieces. Okay. So just because he eats people food, he is supposed to be like safe. You know what else eats people food? Bears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, right? I'm not going to be like, oh, sweet, he eats people food. I'm sure he won't maul me to death in a horrific manner. <laughs> he's a kid. He doesn't know any better. I know. I just thought that was kind of, Interesting. E.T. grubbed throughout the entire yeah, movie. This guy was just snacking on things. <laughs> he was high as a kite. Maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe. Those I plants. Mean, I was, was going to say, he, he is the uh, one with the plants. That's so. right. Did the E.T. E.T. loves fish concerts. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. E.T. loves himself some fish. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so the mm-hmm. psychic connection. Do, when do we think that happened? I was very confused by that. Like how all of a sudden they had this. Because I get that E.T. Mm-hmm. had that. And it makes sense with what you were saying with the other aliens. And kind of having that connection anyway. Like the, the psychic connection. But where? how did he get it with Elliot? I don't understand how that. Yeah, maybe you're right about uh, did he have to be like totally child open too. Up that maybe, to it? it's, maybe E.T. really immediately connected yeah. with Elliot. In that lost, Maybe. lonely child sort of way. I don't remember a moment when... I just remember when they were both in those like plastic bubbles thing and everybody's experimenting and they're doing weird CPR on a non-human and, and everything. I remember thinking uh, the, the big brother was saying, he communicates through Elliot. I was like, oh, I thought y'all were talking to him. No? I just thought it was just Elliot, but I don't know how that happened. Were they, I, mean, I don't know. I don't remember an exact part of moment. E.T.'s powers or something that he chose Elliot... As a, and it wasn't so much up to Elliot. It was more that he kind of chose a host to be the communicator. Maybe and Elliot, that it was that choice that kind of affected him that way. He well, might have turned on his emotional heart light. You oh, know? wow. <laughs> um, well, I'm you're just, welcome. I was just wondering <laughs> if it's one of those things that they say that, like, people who say that kids are more likely to experience ghosts because mm-hmm. yeah, they're, they're just more receptive. That's what I was saying, more receptive. Yeah. So I'm wondering if. There, if that was the logic on. they were trying to do, yeah, because even this. with Gertie teaching yeah, ET how to talk, I feel like it was also that kind of she was able to do that because of that child's yeah. child's mind. Well, I heart. feel also with the psychic connection with Elliot, I think that solves the problem of helping ET know what words mean and what words are. Because if they're psychic, he's like, okay, this is what my mouth does to make this noise, which mm-hmm. means this, right? Mm-hmm. Like so, you're talking to a baby. 
yeah. kind of, you know. Yeah, with all that, with the knowledge of Elliot yeah. now yeah. accessed yeah. by ET. So I thought that was interesting. <laughs> One thing I was really disturbed about, and I'm not sure if maybe I'm overreacting or if I didn't understand, but did the school want the kids to murder frogs? Yes, while mm-hmm. they were alive. Oh what the gosh. shit? Yes, I was thinking that too. That was no. Uh, I, I did that in college. You guys had to kill it before you, you dissected it. You literally killed. They chloroformed them. Oh yeah, we okay. got the chloroform dead ones. Oh already. no, no, no. We didn't. No, we had to hold the mouth of the frog oh, open, take a pith, and stab the no. brainstem. Oh. Yeah. To kill it. Yeah. <laughs> To well, the, kill it, and then we pinned it on the board, and we went for it. The what? teacher was even telling the kids, you can still see the yeah. heart beating. That's okay. He doesn't feel anything. Like, that's yeah, a, that's right. That's a sick fucking assignment. <laughs> you, you basically make them brain dead, and then you experiment on their still beating oh, heart. They could still see so you children. They know yeah. what you're doing I am it. not okay with this. <laughs> it's, it's ghastly. It's awful. I still remember. Oh it's just, 80s yeah. were a different time, man. You could kill animals and well, be cool. yeah. <laughs> I don't rem- I, I can't imagine them doing that in elementary school though. I mean that's just nuts to me. Yeah, no, those kids are like six like, and no. seven. You take this animal's life now. <laughs> Said it all creepy like. Because we got like in my biology in high school, we had like the pig fetuses, oh, I yeah, guess, that were already dead. Yeah, but, I mean, it who knows super even gross. how they got those? Yeah, I don't. Mm. I don't we started know. with owl pellets first, and mm-hmm. then they yep. did the owl pellets to, the to be like, look at the bones in there. Fetus. But to be fair, the owl pellets, I mean, they didn't kill the owl for it, they just barfed it up. So here, little kids, play with it in your hands. Yeah. Um, so gross. But I, yeah, but even murdering the, I mean, frogs. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, I, if it's, it's a already killed. You know, I I know that it's just somebody a whole had to level of science, like but... emotional trauma. To yeah, be like. totally I think they wanted to yeah. connect it to what happened with ET at the end when they were taken away, and the dude's yeah. like, "They're just going to cut him up." Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think they wanted to make that point really mm-hmm. felt yeah. to Elliot. Yeah. That was like he, like, he knew exactly you know? right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, like no, they're gonna they're gonna hurt him. They're gonna kill him. Hmm. So, I still think it was a thrill kill. <laughs> <laughs> So what did we think of when um, E.T. dressed up to be inconspicuous? <laughs> His like, giant did... big ass hand is hanging out the hell. Oh, so weird. With, with the wig and the hat. Did yes. anyone else think he looked like Donatello Versace? No, just me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. I'm like, no, you're not going to get away with looking like that at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised people fell for him in the sheet. Walking around, exactly. The big ass head. I'm surprised yes. Gertie agreed to miss out on some Halloween, candy. Right? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have done she that. Needs no. needs to be knighted. She needs, hanging out with the alien guys. Both. You choose. Both. She needs to be nominated for sainthood for right? being a little kid and giving up on a candy expedition. It was just another one of those secrets she had to keep. And another horrible That's parenting dark. move. That's really dark. <laughs> the he implications of I that. I mean, she's so trying to keep stuff. Like when, she's, when she uh, teaches uh, E.T. to talk and she's putting him in the closet, she's just like, shh, just stay in the closet. Shh. And I was like, what is she doing? She's, she's a so psychopath. Like, she's, I mean, yeah. it's a living creature. She dresses it up like a doll and then tells it to yeah. stay put and yeah, stay quiet. A couple of year, years later <laughs> when she's smothering her brother Not with a pillow. <laughs> I'm telling you, this she, movie was about a thrill kill gone horribly wrong. I guess. Man, she's messed up. Wow. So one question I had <laughs> is when the scientists came to the house, anyone want to know or anyone else wonder why the fuck they were dressed up like astronauts yes. instead of hazmat? Yes. Oh because what? they obviously had hazmat suits. <laughs> okay. The whole fucking neighborhood yes. at the end was decked out with hazmat suits. These and dudes, it said NASA on it. 
Well, Why it said NASA? NASA? Well, because I, I didn't know this until I looked it up, but it's because ever since the spaceship landed, mm-hmm. the task force was after them. They knew about it. So the task, the guys at the Keys were supposedly like NASA, like people that knew that there was aliens and they're here to find him. So everybody else that was looking for them was still that from that mm-hmm. same task. But I don't understand why they're wearing astronaut. Co- <laughs> okay. like, it outfits. makes me believe that they've met him before. Yeah, like, they've like met let's this look in our yeah. form they they're used yeah, to. Yeah, they knew about him. And so, because when yeah. the dude walked in the bathroom, he's like, home. So like he, <laughs> and like he, because he just saw uh, the mom and he was like, mom. And then like, uh, <laughs> and then they took Elliot away and he started, he started crying, right? <laughs> and so he obviously knew what the fuck was going on. And so when the guy walked in and he said home, that made me think wait, like, no, hey, how, I didn't understand that. He said it like what? What? Oh. Okay, okay, now I understand. Now I get it. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah, that, that yeah, you have to do this for the rest of the podcast. Please. Seriously, our next movie, we should just ha- put the movie on, put it on silent, and have Chris do all the voices. Oh, my God, yes. Oh, Not nine, anything but nine to five. For, for, this, for this next movie, I really want that to oh, happen. Oh, okay. I'll bring the beer. Yes. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. Deal. Better and better. Deal. You can't okay. can back out now. But going back to the space helmet thing, that was like the beginning of being able to see the adult human heads. Yeah. Yeah, it was the first time we it saw was after keys that, in the face. Yeah, exactly. Keys. And they never got into why he had so many keys. That keys thing bothered me too. <laughs> At the beginning, oh, I was just it? like, what's with the keys? Why do you keep showing me this guy's crotch and his keys? I don't understand. And then it never yeah. really gets explained. Yeah. And you're just like... I get it, dude. You can't creep around <laughs> in the woods because yeah. everyone hears your fucking keys go <laughs> off. Mr. Task Force. Like, exactly. But if you would have... Elliot. Come with me. And like he lured him into like know. some secret base and he had all these keys and he had to unlock mm-hmm. the doors. But only he had the key. Like that would like make sense. There's like 20 doors yeah. though. I know. But he had that giant big ass, you know, belt buckle too. So at first I thought, oh, they're just those good old boys looking for something weird to rape. Yeah, because they had pulled up, <laughs> oh, and yeah. it seemed like they had pulled up in trucks and yeah, and exactly. Shit, right? Yeah, they look like, like red yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah, so I, th- I was like, "Oh no, ET! Right? <laughs> they gonna you hunt get you. Out of here, yeah. <laughs> they are gonna hunt you. That's ET right. found home. You sure do got pretty mild. <laughs> You know, they do you shit like that with pretty. human aliens. Yeah. If they did like an alien alien, you better run. Like, <laughs> You've been moisturizing. And so when, when they turned out the end, like, oh, we're just scientists and that, it kind of took me right. yeah. a little yeah, by surprise. So well, yeah, because it looked like pickup trucks. Yeah, it did look like, yeah, and they were wearing weird, gross I was very Wrangler confused. jeans. And, yeah, it was Because they very showed confusing. up super fast after it yeah. landed. Yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking of. Are they like storm chasers, but UFO chasers? And that makes sense if they're just some kind of like just people that like to do this but then they yeah. give them all the weight of oh i've got all the secret technology equipment stuff and we know all about this and i was like wait then why were you guys so yeah just roughing it, it. you're not dressed I for can't... your job yeah no <laughs> those keys dress for the job you want yes and carry the amount of keys for the that job you, just you want. Need. They obviously That's have the equipment. Right. Like when they were driving by, listening to oh, each yeah. house's conversation, that creeped me out. Because I'd be looking outside thinking shit like that is actually happening. <laughs> it probably is. Yeah, probably what are you does. doing in that van, guy? Exactly. Yeah. Every time I see what a up, van, NSA? I, do think, I think, okay, are there, pe- are there agents in there right now? Mm-hmm. Rapists? Mm. Is there a ser- serial killer? Yes. Or D, all or, of the above. Yeah. <laughs> or just an adventurer who's living out of it. Yeah, whenever <laughs> I see those um, no. vans for either a florist or a plumber, I'm like, that's sure. not really you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Aww, right. Yeah, right. want to see the inside of that thing. Yeah. I hope Spielberg's listening to this. 
I hope he does. I hope he listens. I, I do too. I yeah. love that that we, we all, ask, I'm gonna that ask we him all love this movie. We all were like, this See, is such there. a great movie, but there are just we so have many some questions. <laughs> it's okay to yeah. have questions. Scored beautifully. Movie. Like yeah. a lot of Spielberg's yeah, that was actually movies, my next score point. is fucking yeah. gorgeous. Like it reminded me of like when I was watching I Jaws. Yep, yeah. you just yeah. the, yeah. the adventure and the song, and it, it's yeah. like writing your emotions. It's the same exact guy. Yeah, you could tell John Williams, Sir John, all the the Indiana Jones movies, Jaws. Star Wars, Star Wars, all amazing job. Yeah, he's it, good at John what he Williams does. Is the man, and it was ab- just that music. I mean, once again, I think Spielberg and John Williams are the two best reasons that this movie is incredible. Yeah, absolutely, and it just listening to that music is just so epic and beautiful and heartbreaking and just mm-hmm. everything. Yeah, it's absolutely just perfection it's just perfect and i don't use that lightly because usually i have a lot of complaints about movies but john williams though when i think when i looked at all the movies he's done i'm like nope yeah he's perfect yeah he is probably my favorite composer because his music is epic and beautiful and awesome i Mm -hmm. do kind of get them confused honestly sometimes i'll try to hum yeah there's certain melodies that end up in jurassic park or something like (laughs) that they're all once you know all of his scores they they do kind of they're interchangeable almost you can start one and lead into all of them but it's kind of like aerosmith there's some of the worst Mm -hmm. definitely their music but it's just a different variation but still even so they're all better than everything else out there andrew lloyd weber all of his musicals kind of danny elfman a lot of his stuff sounds it's a danny Oh no! It's all score. his Tim Burton. Work around that. Dung, dung, <laughs> dung. Okay. So, and I think this is interesting because uh, watching Super Eight, I watched yeah. the uh, behind the scenes stuff on this, and it, I mean, I watched that movie like last year, I think, for the first mm-hmm. time. And after watching ET, I'm like, oh, okay, because. You know, J.J. Abrams, which I think is going to be the next Spielberg. Like, mm-hmm. he's definitely wow. putting... Well, I mean, think about it. Yeah. He's in Star Trek, Star I Wars. Know. A Bad Robot is right. in freaking everything. Mission yeah. Impossible movies. He's yeah. becoming that next Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting that he's viewed... It's obvious he's viewed Spielberg as a mentor. And when he was writing Super 8, he had the idea for the alien and the kids and stuff like that. And he brought it up to Spielberg, which now makes sense because of E.T. Mm-hmm. And Spielberg's comment was, is like, you don't have a movie yet. He's mm-hmm. like, you need a story. This is just the premise. Exactly. So that's when, you know, J.J. went back and kind of reworked and added the elements of like a single father and added those, right. you know, like the family element yeah. to it. And it I, makes perfect yeah, sense. Yeah, it was such a beautiful um, ode to all the other, like that I was mentioning before, that that age yeah. of cinema was just gold. It was just such in, in you know, what's yeah. the word invocative or uh, ev- like thought provoking yeah. and your heart and soul was just with these characters yeah. and along with these Goonies. journeys. Yeah. It was just, mm-hmm. they're beautiful, yeah. beautiful movies. And so I guess the word is cinematic. Yeah. And yeah. since then we've been like just getting further and further and further away from that because mm-hmm. of what sells the shock value right. and the blood. Back to, exactly. back to Simon Pegg. <laughs> not exactly what yeah, he said kind of yeah. yeah and it's it is but true no, you're it's right. tragic but uh you're right super eight it's actually was a really nice you could see that they yeah. were kind of going mm-hmm. giving a nod to that old era and the way they shot things it was and good things it. and i definitely looking at the the concept art for the creature uh super eight i'm convinced is the prequel to cloverfield oh. i i believe that the, yeah, if you the see way, the concept yeah. art it's the exact yeah. same really thing yeah that was a scary movie cloverfield's great yeah, it was, it was very interesting. Kind of 
but kept me on the edge. I love um, Matt Stone and Trey Parker's complaint about it. Or do I have that right? Yeah, yeah, that's their name. Mm-hmm. Trey Parker, Matt Stone, yeah. whatever. Um, they're just like the thing that was unrealistic about it was the movie should have been rated R. Yeah. Because like if all that stuff's happening, you're not gonna be like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, you're gonna be like, fuck, holy yeah, shit. I agree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Did you see? Right. Did you see their uh, episodes where they made, or the episode where they made fun of that? The yeah. first person Cloverfield monster thing, except <laughs> they were all guinea pigs. Yes, in like yes. funny outfits. I did. Oh god, I'm so scared right now. <laughs> Shelly, Shelly, help me! I'm scared. <laughs> Hilarious. Very but funny. I want to ask: Did ET start the head blending in with the stuffed animals bit? Yeah. Uh, yes, I, I think, think that's so. been done a billion yeah. other times. Yeah, but yeah. that's where it started with I ET. Think so, because Maybe. I remember seeing that trivia point. There was some Robert that Zemeckis it up, yeah. had the idea of having him blended oh, okay. in with a bunch of alien stuffed animals. So unless he ripped it off from somewhere else, yeah, I think it's probably. Yeah. And I believe Robert Zemeckis to be pretty original, dude. So mm-hmm. I imagine this is probably yeah. the first time. Uh, so and um, you brought this up beforehand about the Star Wars connections and things like that before we started recording chris do you mm-hmm. want to kind of get into that because i noticed i mean they share you know spielberg and lucas have yeah. their bromance going on there yeah. was yoda and the Halloween yeah. Oh, yeah. thing. all the star um, wars action figures kathleen kennedy who is one of three producers for et is the president yeah. of lucas films now, now. Yeah. john williams has you know done the star wars and so there's a lot of incestuous professional yeah. mm-hmm. things going on which is i mean this is saying incestuous Kennedy's but it's great first producing credit too oh wow. she's arguably she's great. the best in in the field right now i mean she's amazing she's a great behind the scenes because you don't realize you i did not know all the stuff that she did until i looked her yeah. up i'm like oh my god you've yeah. had your hand well that's why i i wish that there are so many things behind the scenes i always say this every episode because i mean it like editors yeah. the cinematographer yeah. and yeah. the producers totally. are they're such like composers they don't, they don't for get this one. any mm-hmm. any yeah. thanks people don't even know what their job is yeah. really producers yeah. people have no idea what a producer even yeah. is they yeah. think it's the money which is not even a fraction of that. Nope. So yeah, it's it's great to see a lot of these actors mm-hmm. that have these huge careers now. You look back, the reason why is because they stuck their hand into producing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why their careers are where they are now, because they ended up producing. But what was it that you saw, Chris? Because yeah, you wanted to save it for the podcast. Yeah. Um when I was watching the movie, I I I didn't know a lot of things. Like the the connection they had, why he chose them, how he was able to, um, how the team was able to track him down so easily. And uh Keys had even said, um, he he came to me too and I've been waiting. Uh yeah. so I, I felt like there was more going on. So I, I was looking up fan theories. Um and one of them I and they didn't have anything I was looking for. But one of them was that they're connected, the Star Wars universe and the E.T. Um, one where he sees Yoda and he goes, home, and he goes mm-hmm. back and tries to get him. <laughs> um, and then another one is at the Clone Wars. With I the think it's Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace. Right? Uh, at one of the Senate meetings, they have a pod full of E.T. characters. Mm-hmm. Oh. That was Lucas, a little nod to Spielberg. Okay. Yeah, and then so people from there started saying that E.T. Awesome. has the yeah. Force. And that's how he was able to oh, lift things and with the bikes. Interesting, and yeah. See that. that makes total sense. I he love that. He did use the force. And that's why he got so freaked out when he saw Yoda because he's like, oh my gosh, so this is home because I've seen your species before. So uh, Yeah, and they said it was connected to the Indiana Jones movies when he in the cave and they have the Star Wars hieroglyphics uh, on the <laughs> wall as he passes. Oh so gosh. they say 
it's uh, in this world, it's a huge galactic story that actually happened and that was passed down from the aliens and shit. What did they say? I think uh, I just think that's Lucas and Spielberg liking to remind you of their other stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's what I think it is, too. That's but, product you know, placement, basically, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But it's that's fun a, remember when I made this awesome movie? Yeah, yeah it's like too. exactly. Yeah. 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 The, the huge universe that makes me think of all the multiverse theories about, mm-hmm. you know, our, our universe. And I think that that stuff is really fascinating. If everything yeah. was somehow tied together, that's just mm-hmm. amazing. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. All right. Let's see if we missed out on any trivia. So I'm going to look this up. First off, my co-producer Brian sent me a thing about the Simon Pegg. So I have a direct quote. So we'll see how much this <laughs> bums me out. Uh, part okay. This part of me looks at society as it is now and just thinks we've been infantilized by our own taste. Peg says, while Peg has been associated with many beloved geek films, he's even co-writing Star Trek Three. He misses how popular "quote unquote" grown-up things used to be in the world of film. It is kind. It is a kind of dumbing down in a way because it's taking our focus away from real-world issues. Peg says. Films used to be about challenging emotional journeys or moral quests that might make you walk away and reevaluate how you feel about whatever. All right, High Horse, let's discuss this a little <laughs> bit. So then change it, Simon. Add Instead of making your film too Trekkie, add real-world elements into things. In the first Iron Man movie... He was dealing with the fact of weapons manufacturers selling to right. whoever. Yeah. Yep. That was a pretty freaking important issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he dealt with the repercussion of that throughout the whole thing. In Even the third... still into the Avengers. He's yeah. still yeah, facing. Into that. Yeah. And so, I mean, I love you, Peg. I really do. Shaun of the Dead is one of my favorite movies ever. But really, like, I don't agree with that at all. Mm-hmm. And I think at this point he has the power. Let's see how you do in your third movie. Let's see what real world issues <sighs> you can. I, I don't know. I am not a yeah. fan of that. I love the dude, but yeah. I, I'm not a fan of that. I don't know what you guys think. Are you bummed out as I am or am I overreacting? I just feel like there's a way to do what is being asked of you and also still instill what you want to do. Yeah, it's called tact. Like tact, um, compromising as I've heard the word before that, you know, you know, someone is, if the movie were just up to him, he can do whatever the fuck he wants. But he's working with another studio, another team (sighs) to make this a joint effort, like do what they're asking because they're the ones making the money or whatever. But then use those guide points and then do what you say you want to mm-hmm. do underneath it all. Yeah. I'm not really Weave sure what he's asking for. Like, what do you want, Simon Pegg? For people to stop asking him to do uh, <laughs> superhero and space movies. I think that's what it is. I think these <laughs> guys and like Whedon no. might be the same way. Um, yeah. They uh, acquired this, um, I don't know, I don't want to call it fame or stardom but like the fanboys like they really respect their work yeah um and i think they've gotten a lot of credit at the conventions and everything like that and then mm-hmm. the studios making so much money off of that or just asking them to pile in more and more and more changes this will do it like this and i think they're getting fed up probably a little annoyed that people keep asking them but you're getting paid so i don't i mean yeah uh, i mean people are entrusting hundreds of millions of dollars you reach millions of people yeah. whose lives are changed because of your content yeah. like yeah. just having a good positive vibe about it is the best way to really affect those people in a positive way yeah don't bite the hand that feeds because then yeah. it's gonna stop feeding you oh for sure it's gonna backfire keep it up so all right so some trivia that most of the going back to et mm-hmm. um most of the full body puppetry was performed by a two foot ten tall stuntman 
but the scenes in the kitchen were done using a 10-year-old boy who was born without legs but was an expert on walking on his hands. Oh, was he on his hands? Crazy. Was he drinking the beer? Is that what they're talking about? Which scene in the kitchen, in the right? Kitchen? When he keeps yeah, falling yeah, over hitting, and running into shit? The, the That's one. mean. Now I feel bad. <laughs> that was used for comic relief. <laughs> and now you know it was a child without legs <laughs> walking on wow. his hands into I am these officially things. the worst. <laughs> Um, oh wait, are you the worst funny? or no, is the person Spielberg, on set? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Steven Spielberg stated in an interview that E.T. was a plant-like creature and neither male or female. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nah, Elliot called him a, a boy he. when Gert- I thought it was a boy. Right? I thought that was I, for I sure a boy. It's a, it's a boy. Um, according to the film's novelization, E.T. is over 10 million years old. Now, see, hmm. that I feel like if that's true, they would know enough about mankind to have not had such a mess that they had and that they would know how to communicate well, in other languages. 10 million years old, if that's your baby, that's mm-hmm. some old ass adults. <laughs> um, this is the highest grossing film of 1982 and actually of all time until Steven Spielberg beat that record with Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. Um, but then obviously, you know, James Cameron came in and beat it then with Titanic and then with Avatar and then a bunch of movies have, including the first Avengers, has beaten that. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, let's see. Hey, so, so why did he get sick? E.T. Why was he sickening? Did he just have re- wrong atmosphere? Well, yeah, maybe it's that if he's part plant, maybe it's like a withering, not having the right. Yeah, I didn't really understand thing. when he was getting yeah. sick and stuff. I didn't totally get that. And then love brought him back. All he yes. needed was love because he was getting love. Yes, yeah. He was getting mad love. He uh, was from dude, and then like he was. I love you. Know, you. Well, maybe it was like um, you know how everything ET was doing was affecting Elliot. Well, maybe it wasn't. It was until Elliot started taking some of the powers, saying, "Okay, now I'm getting better." Maybe it sort of started to reverse now, where it's like a two way channel. I think. Well, it looked like because I think ET was... cut the link between them, like before he like so he decided to dying, croak. Yeah, because yeah. um, like oh the boy he's getting back. Uh, he's yeah. They I think they even said he's releasing him. Um. Mm. So maybe because he knew he was dying, but maybe like in their species they die and then come back. Like the like flower he thing. kept yeah. uh, bringing back to life. Mm-hmm. And I, I, don't, I don't know. I just yeah. didn't. But he did look like Jesus when he came out of the van. <laughs> yeah, and he had the robe on. He was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Come to me. Bring the bike to children. You know. <laughs> That's right. He looked good. Um, when it was test screened at the um Cannes Film Festival as an unofficial entry, it mm. brought the house down, receiving a standing ovation that it had eluded most of the official entries. Burn that cracked, <laughs> that cracked me up when I read that one because it brought the house down. It's like, uh, just the the terminology brought the house down. Terrible. <laughs> oh shit! Et went home. Uh, though many suggested that, and this goes back to what you recently said, Chris, though many have suggested that the film contains element of Christian allegory, director Steven Spielberg says any parallels are strictly coincidental. Furthermore, Spielberg adds that if he ever made a Christian allegory, his mother, a devout Jew, would probably never forgive him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, she sounds pleasant. Um, Steven, sweetie, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone, yeah. Mom. I'm directing my movie. Corey Feldman was supposed to be in this, was originally yeah. scheduled for it, but his part got cut out and Spielberg felt bad, so he put him in Gremlins. Mm. Good look out. So, yeah, I'm kind of glad he's not in this movie. Even though I, st- I love Gremlins, he's was I'm not mm. a fan of his acting at all. No. It's pretty horrible. Um, <laughs> let's see, any others? Sarah Michelle Gellar auditioned for the role of Gertie. Mm. I thought that was interesting. 
I thought Drew was perfect. Yeah, you know what? So and I cute. thought I thought the way she was directed was great too, because mm-hmm. it's very natural for like yeah. a flighty mm-hmm. little girl. She was so cute. That scene where mm-hmm. she's just agreeing with everything that the yeah. old, that Michael was saying. She's Deformed like, yeah. children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Deformed children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she yeah, was, was pretty cute. She was pretty great. And the film was shot in chronological order. I thought that it, was that is crazy. I always love to hear that. Like yeah. the beautiful mind was also shot in it can happen. Order. Would you have Rarely gone with does. E.T. if he like when he, uh, he's like, come, stay, mm-hmm. ouch, when they had that moment? Yeah. yeah. If he said, come, I'm looking back. I like, know. I've been like, well, let me mom, think about this. Mom, I, mom lets me smoke, drink. <laughs> uh, she doesn't know if I'm sleeping outside with the coyotes or not. Maybe it wouldn't yeah. be the worst idea right. to go I'm with these super with intelligent, these, yeah. healing, all-powerful aliens. This would be infinitely cooler than child services. Right? Yes, it would. Right. Well, they know how life on Earth is going to play out. You know, the mom could tell them, okay, I've been here long enough mm-hmm. i think i know how this thing exactly. goes go, uh, go and, see it, what's and up it there. would be helping mom out too because now she's only got two kids yeah, to not take care of <laughs> for sure. oh man all right now let's go to the i'm i renamed it just for this week to the tomorrowland segment okay. where we discuss where we think the characters are after this is done which i since this is the second time we're doing it I do want to preface this by saying this is inspired by the breakfast club where we all agree that what happens after is everybody goes back to their respective cliques, mm-hmm. never to be friends again, because that makes the movie more profound instead mm-hmm. of a lying piece of shit. But they mm-hmm. exchange looks. But the they exchange looks. better now, immediately. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, what do we think happened? Well, it was a good segue because child services. Mm-hmm. <laughs> CPS was called in and here's the foster care mm-hmm. and... <laughs> I mean, Drew probably grew up with a lot of really, really hard Dad issues to deal with. People. Daddy problems, you know, you know, we can see it starting to come out. The drinking, the drugs, you know, she probably, oh, you know. But really. And so did her character. Right? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It could have gone down right? a couple of different ways. Uh, one, when he touched, when E.T. touched Elliot mm-hmm. on the head and said, I'll be here. And like it lit up. Did he give him some of his juice? Was he blessed <laughs> with juice? I think they might have finally, you know, done it. Done I think I think like maybe he left in. a little bit of boop, a little bit of uh, a little bit of that <laughs> juice good, in him. Some good chi. Um oh, I mean, obviously the day after all the, this whole family was detained by the government. Yes, Question, probably oh, yeah. locked away Never someplace. Never heard of again, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, keep it real. If this guy yeah. this kid spent days with an alien that they yeah. were trying to capture and they yeah. had it and then he and broke he, it free. And then right. he, AT gave him the magic powers that yep. for yeah, sure would be that, opping on this kid They want to get that juice life. out yeah. of him and mm-hmm. study the so shit So he's out probably a secret weapon for the government oh, now. Yeah, either they turn him definitely. into a weapon or they're yeah. just Mutant. locked away wasting Which away in a cell totally somewhere. He's a max off of Drew having or Gertie having some serious fucking issues growing up because now her her brother is now detained. Probably both sure. of the brothers, maybe, because the his older brother still are growing flew. faster oh, than yeah. the rest of his They body. left the mom, though. She didn't know anything. No. <laughs> no, no. This, this, this lady is not help she, anyone. She did. She was too distracted looking in the fridge to even, like, remember what really happened. Yeah, I, I personally um, <laughs> She was go... like, last time we saw him, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. He was, he was out back He might there be sleeping somewhere. outside. Did With you the check coyotes? <laughs> did you look for the coyotes? Because... When was yeah. the last time you saw him? What is it, Monday? Um, oh, I don't know. I've been on a bender. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. These empty beer cans. I'm not drinking them, but I'm not concerned. No. I mean, who knows? There were six in there before, but I don't know what happened. So I, but what I think happened is quarantine. 
Mm-hmm. I believe the whole oh, town sure. got a quarantine because sure. even those other kids yeah. were involved. I the think nerd it was team a, that got assembled. Yeah, yep. you see that exactly. they all put on like their the yeah. beanie and the glasses and the headphones. Mm-hmm. Nerd team assemble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that town. I mean, yeah. if we're going X Files or the crazies, mm-hmm. that oh, town has sure. been quarantined. So maybe a cool sequel would be Daddy coming back from Mexico with, with Sally. Sally. To see this town. And then see the town that's weirdo. completely under yeah. the dome. <laughs> you can't get in. So everything's, everyone's yep. being silenced because we can't let that out. We can't let the information out. No. That would be bad. And Sally was like, You have kids? <laughs> what the hell? You never I'm told me you here. were married. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He doesn't have kids anymore. <laughs> so that, that's what I believe. Yeah, definitely right. quarantine. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think no way they were just allowed to live out the rest no of their way. lives. No, no way. way, unless he got uh, juice force, and then he just says, "You will not take me," and he like he just sent mm-hmm. him away. Right? <laughs> that means he's powers. got the force now too. Yep. So maybe yeah. the sequel is Star Wars. Maybe he ends up in the go. Star Wars universe. Maybe I, I think that that might be likely. I think some fan theories out there probably have speculated yep. <laughs> on that already. Go. Ready to go the remake segment. Mm. All right. Once again, our usual disclaimer that we just assume that Amy Adams, due to scheduling conflicts, cannot con- appear in our remake because she she's perfect a, for everything. She would have been a good mom. She would have been, been great. Everything. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. she would have been a good mom. She would have been a good mom. Yeah. I recast her <laughs> as the mom. You can't. <sighs> scheduling conflicts. It's out of my scheduling. hands, Amy. <laughs> I'm. S- <sighs> Damn it, Amy Adams. Okay. She uh, was letting me down. Chris, how about we how about we go this way? Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so my phone home slash absolute power remake. I, for director, I would have Brian Singer. Mm. Um, H, uh, X-Men Days of Futures Past just got put on HBO. Uh, and I was watching it the other day. And the the tense waiting of the future Sentinels to show up. And then the past of trying to uh, prevent the assassination, it builds a great tension. Where I Those thought are this, great movies. The pacing of the new yeah. new genera- the, uh, next generation is good, good stuff. Yeah, and I thought um, he would be a great director for this. Uh, for Elliot, I have Chandler Riggs, who plays Carl on The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, he's one child actor I could watch without getting like too, a little like put out of what I'm watching, you know? Um and then for the mom, I would have Elizabeth Banks. Speaking of Wet Hot American Summer, um, I feel like she could play a relevant mom. Yeah, I, can't, I awesome. did not like the mom in this movie. I'm no. sorry, guys. She was a horrible mother. <laughs> she was. And I feel like Elizabeth Banks could play a really good um, kind of even like a captain to the, those those three kids in like mm-hmm. a, a heavier way. Um, Michael, uh, the brother, I have Jesse Eisenberg. Um, younger, yeah, younger, yeah. obviously. Well, I mean, with this, I feel like it was—it's really hard because we don't know child actors. So mm-hmm. I know I think, that's I struggled with. Yeah, this. I think with all of this, we can just age them up or down, or I mean, mostly down. That's what I did. Yeah. So just everybody. assume that I'm aging all these people down. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Gertie, uh, <laughs> the Olsen twins from Full House. <laughs> <laughs> that actually, was, I'm yeah. saying that's things in a cute way. Mm. Like that was kind of her role, you know. Phone and home. You got it, dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and for keys, I have Mark Hamill. 
Um, oh, that would be interesting. Connection. Luke himself. Fan uh, theories would lose their shit. Mm-hmm. But even just like a like a shout out to like a space adventures, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. I think because he didn't get revealed to the end, and he wasn't this villain. He was just like a scientist. Yeah. Um. So no, he and I thought that was really we didn't even talk about that. I mm-hmm. thought that Keys did a great job because he did, he did seem like the scary looming force, but he really was actually a good person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they built it up yeah, like at the whole time. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was all keys, keys. Um. And then he just turned to be this regular guy who cared about the boy and the alien. And it did, I really believed when he said, we don't we don't want to hurt him or whatever. And he'd be the first to be silently assassinated in the aftermath before <laughs> the quarantine happens. Yeah, yes. It's very relatable because I actually went through this phase <laughs> in my life where I had way too many keys on my keychain. And I, I had no idea what even half of them were for, but you I just still... felt like I needed to have keys on and me. Then, I'm looking at know, the yeah. chair right there. And then six that months later, you were surprised to be fired as the school janitor. A... <laughs> I was the janitor? <laughs> what? I've been teaching these kids this whole time. Man. Yeah, so I relate. I relate, Keys. <laughs> I feel you, Keys. You know who I have as Keys? Who's that? I have Simon Pegg as Keys. Mm. That's great. Did you guys see Paul? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Anyway, kind of. Which is kind of like their related, tribute to E.T. Yeah. also, yeah. right? A little bit, yeah. Paul's great. That was a hilarious movie. Yeah. And then for the part of Elliot, I have um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I like it. He's awesome. Yeah. yeah. He was a great mm-hmm. child actor. Yeah. I have uh, Jesse Eisenberg as the big brother, Michael. Because nice. you know what? To me, he looked like him. He, that's what like, it was for yeah. me, he's too. probably the same yeah. size still. As, probably. He'd probably play it now. Yeah. Totally <laughs> play it now. Anyway. Um, and then for uh, Drew Barrymore's character, for Gertie, I have Elle Fanning. Okay. Yeah. I can see that for little sure. Little Elle Fanning. And I don't know. I had I, I had put, like... Wouldn't Amy Adams be a good kind of scatterbrained mom? But I, I'm not I allowed to Amy use Adams it. Too. Did you? I did. Oh. Now I have to think of someone yeah. else. Yeah. Well, you guys forget. She is busy. <laughs> she's busy. Conflict. I know. Maybe oh. Nicole Kidman. She's kind of okay at playing kind of that like sort of space, yeah, spacey, yeah, true. distraught kind mm-hmm. of. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. your list? That's my list. All right. Renee, do we have a list? Uh, yes. I had for Elliot a young Leo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. Leo. Um, okay. For the brother, it was a tie between Nicholas Holt, who is in the, that Warren Bodies movie and X Men, mm, and okay. um, oh yeah, um, and and uh, I always forget his name, but he he played Quicksilver in X Men. What is his name? Aaron oh, yeah, Taylor. Or the, something. Uh, yeah. Evan Fassbender. Yeah, was it Evan no. Peters. Peters? Evan Peters to the American oh, Marshall the Radio. the X Men Quicksilver. Yes. yes. Okay. Um. So I feel like uh, I he would have been kind of a cool um, Michael. Sure. Um. For the little girl, I, I actually, um, what I'm sorry, what was the? Uh, I think the Olsen twins would have mm-hmm. been great. I like that, but I, um, just because I, <laughs> I just don't know children actors. I was just thinking Dakota Fanning because she was like the only child actress that I knew that I mm-hmm. thought was good at yeah. her age. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought um, her too. Yeah. And then for Keys, actually, I thought uh, Nicholas Holt. If uh, Peters Evan Peters played Michael, I would have had him play Keys. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So for me, for director, I have Edgar Wright. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be really fun to see what yeah. you could do with that. Yeah, um, I agree. For the mom, I have Roseman Pike mm. because I'm in love with her. And for <laughs> Elliot, I won't tell your girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we have an understanding. Um, okay. <laughs> no, I think Free she's pass. really good at playing levels. So I think with, I mean, with Gone Girl, which mm-hmm. she is oh my God, unbelievably so amazing to play so level good. on top of or layer on top of layer at the mm-hmm. same freaking time. I think she would be great at balancing like this 
kind of chaotic, not quite with it mom without being like negligent mom, like truly caring, Mm -hmm. but yet still kind of being a little used to being Mm -hmm. a single mom. I think she'd do it in a way where it's just like, please take their kids away. Um, For Elliot, I have Haley Joel Osment. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he definitely, you know, in six sense days, he definitely Mm -hmm. would have been perfect for that. Yeah. For Keys, I'm going to murder his last name, and I apologize because I really like you. I have David Ayelowo. Mm-hmm. Ayelowo. Oh, okay. um, he is the dude, if you saw Rise of the Planet of the Apes, mm-hmm. he is the boss of James Franco. He was also Martin Luther King Jr. in Selma. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he was the he was the detective, I want to say, in um, Jack Reacher. So I think he's good at kind mm-hmm. of being dangerous, but also in a way where it's just like, oh, no, you're actually a good guy. Like, mm-hmm, I think he'd cool. be really good at kind of. Would you have him play his British accent or? Sure. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah. wh- whatever he's feeling. Hey, Dave, yeah. do you. Whatever yeah, you want to do. Exactly. <laughs> um, from Michael, I have Ethan Embry. Ethan Embry. From um, from Can't Hardly Wait. He's the main guy uh, okay. in that. Yeah. So it's pretty awesome. Okay. For Gertie, I have Abigail Breslin. Yeah. I would love to see Little Miss Sunshine as mm-hmm. Gertie in this. Right? Mm-hmm. That would be great. So that that was one. that was my list. I changed my keys. I want it to be Tom Hiddleston now, now that we're talking Ooh, people okay. with accents. Yeah. I, I changed okay. my mind. All right. I like that. So that, that's, my, that's my remake list. We did it, you Yay. guys. Yay. So are we ready for the big announcement for next week? Yes. Oh, give it to us. Spray it all over me. I'm so scared right now. That's so graphic. All right. So (laughs) as a reminder, if you didn't listen to last week, first off, shame on you for shame. Mm -hmm. Um, But every 10th episode, we're going, the movie is going to be, we're going to do a counterpoint (laughs) Are we on 10 already? Well, this is number one. I mean, oh my gosh. Next one is number 10. I know, it's great, right? I'm so scared right now, Noah. I don't know what you're going to say. It's so great. freaked out. So, you're going to say 9 to 5. Again. (laughs) Hey, that movie is a masterpiece. Anyway, um, (laughs) so, so for the whole point of this podcast is to watch these movies that are deemed to be the classics and to discuss if they really hold up, if they mm-hmm. really are classics, and if it's if they deserve that title. Okay. So for the Counterpoint show, mm-hmm. we watch movies that are considered to be the worst films ever made, and our job is to decide and discuss if they really deserve that title. Real quick, did we make it clear, just to keep the anticipation up, did we make it clear what we felt about E.T. if it holds up? Because I know oh, we said we liked question. it, but I don't good think question. we actually said, does this hold up? And Good all that question. Stuff. Do we think it did? Yes. Yes. <laughs> After all that, yes. Okay, we well, short yes. answer, yes. 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 <laughs> all right, all right. Just to make that clear. All right. Definitely. Tune in after this commercial <laughs> message to see what they thought. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so I have some little bits of trivia for this as the three hints oh, to gosh. once again lead in right. anticipation. Jeez. And okay. if anything, if you can't guess it, that's fine. But if anything, I want you to consider this when I okay. announce it and be like, oh, wow. Okay, maybe a oh, wow or meh. So first off, the director of this film was the first person in Razzie history to show up to accept his <laughs> awards. Amazing. That's awesome. So Are that's we allowed to make one. guesses at or are we just we after the third. Okay. Well, I mean, you can, well, no, no really that's okay. Noah loves his blue balls. Let him play it right. out. I, I do. Oh, no, I'm <laughs> delivering. I, there, I, there's no tease to this one. You, I'm going to deliver in a release that will be glorious. Sir, <laughs> trivia number two. Get your raincoats on. The director of this also directed Total Recall and Basic Instinct. 
Okay, that's a little... Okay, that <laughs> threw mine out the window than when I thought it was. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. so to paraphrase the star of this mm-hmm. film in a different work, okay. my feeling about doing this movie is I'm so excited. I, I mean, I'm so excited. I am so excited, but I am also so scared. Mm. This movie? You're freaking me out. Showgirls. Oh, <laughs> no! That is the movie. Dear Diary, that. today is the worst day ever. Showgirls starring Elizabeth oh. Berkeley. Oh, oh man. God. And if we remember I mean, the caffeine pill addiction episode of Saved by the Bell, uh-huh. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Oh, I'm gosh. so scared. <laughs> <laughs> so that's mm. next. That's next oh. week's movie is. Why do you hate us? Just no for anyone who has never heard of this movie before, let me just sum it up with the uh, <laughs> the IMDb uh, the IMDb um, page shows this. A young drifter named Naomi arrives in Las Vegas to become a dancer and soon sets out about clawing and pushing her way to become the top of the Vegas showgirls. It has a 5.5 out of 10 of the uh, user reviews and a Metascore of 16 out, out of 100. Of 100. <laughs> She's clawing her way. She'd be bumping and grinding her way. No? It's I mean, how does every actress find her into, first really. role? <laughs> Oh. So that's that's our movie right. for and, okay. And you should be excited because I have the next ten of these planned out. Oh, so so <laughs> I know I'm tell excited me that the room is on that list. I really hope the I'm room not is saying on this list. anything until later. So but okay. but be excited about these movies because they they I mean maybe you'll love them. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know if they're considered. Don't be so close minded, Amy. Guys, okay. How <laughs> dare you? There's cheeses in it, I've, Amy. I've seen Showgirls. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Have you not seen it? Have you yeah, seen, I've it? seen it? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I think I think you'll learn to love it. Okay. <laughs> or hate it. I don't even okay. remember. I saw it once. And- okay, how about this? Are we allowed to just completely change our mind state before we watch this? Like, can we just get plastered before we watch the movie? As long, or do um, we have to watch this sober? It should be a, a group sober? thing. We're not uh, supposed to do that anyway. We should do that. I think that would be fun. Booze. I think that would be a great thing to do is so, start right. like, I, commenting I, while we're watching the movie. I think I, in order sure. of the show's integrity, at least one of the viewing needs to be Stone Cold Sober. But whether okay. or not, it might make it interesting to be like, but on second room viewing, blah, 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 <laughs> like All right. that might. But at least once, I think, for the integrity of okay. what we are, we're trying to save the world, people. We Ryan are trying to be change. The sober one. Because I do feel like that would be really funny <laughs> to see these horrible movies and catch our like honest to God totally. in the moment reactions yeah. to these movies. I agree. Here you that go, would be girl. Really fun. <laughs> Maybe that needs to be the Periscope special feature where we there do that go. while watching it. I mean, it could be another channel spin off or something, but that would be <laughs> so fun. Maybe set up a I'm webcam down. or like a uh, laptop and just record the video like facing us <laughs> as we're watching it. Like kids react, but this time it's yep. Aussie Cobb reacts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd be great. I think we should do that. I usually really love that idea. Totally. Um, all right. So okay. we excited? Excited? Yeah, sure, man. <laughs> I'm sure this is why I'm throwing sure. ideas at. I'm trying to get myself more yeah, excited. Yeah, uh, more how can I enjoy it. this? <laughs> Dang. So, okay. Right. Let me put okay. it this way, though. So if it makes you feel any worse, because <laughs> I'm not trying to make you feel any better. Um, when I thought about our number 20 episode, I was like, God damn it. Why didn't I think of this one first? So if it makes you feel any better... Potentially, this one isn't as bad as number 20. 
Oh. So perspective is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let, it's time not for plugs. It's not as bad as it could have been. It's not as bad as it could have been, but it will get that bad. Okay. But, 10 more movies awesome. down the road. Um, so let's do plugs. Renee, what we got going on? Uh, okay. So for, for anyone who doesn't know, I'm Renee Michelle Ronda. I work for a production company called Plus Entertainment. And I have my own company, Star Park Studios. Right now, we are almost finished completing the films that we shot last uh, about seven months ago in Mexico. Mm-hmm. It's called Until the Day I Die, part one and two. They are uh, both feature-length films that will be airing on a TV network called Cine Latino. Um we actually got greenlit for a full-blown TV series based off of the trailer alone for these movies. So awesome! So if you have, if you are an upcoming actor or an actor who just loves to work for the passion, these are super ultra low budget. However, I will take your headshot and resume at StarParkStudios at gmail dot com. And to follow my personal individual endeavors, I am on Twitter and Instagram. My handle is at. R-E-N-M-I-C-A-R-A, Ren Makara. Awesome. awesome. Congratulations yeah, on that. So that's, huge, that's, awesome. Renee. that's huge, Renee. That's huge. And you, you definitely need to send like pictures and stuff. Yeah. So for the website, when yeah. we have the blog portion, for we sure. can just yeah. be promoting all this That's stuff. actually, I just built, oh, here's another plug real quick. I uh, just started the Instagram page for the movie itself. So that oh, is okay. oh, cool. um, oh, good. Until the Day Movie. So I'm reposting everything that the cast and crew had posted of their experiences on their personal things. Okay. I'm using the app repost and I'm just throwing everything up now all together under that name. Until the day movie? Yeah. Okay. I'll find it. Awesome. And awesome. I'll follow back whoever follows. So, Amy, what you got? I am <laughs> Amy Cordova and I am on Twitter at the Amy J J A Y and the Amy Cordova on Instagram. Are you on Instagram yet? Chris? Not yet, Chris. But I will. We talked about it. It's this. coming, guys. Ugh. If I ask you to do something, no, you're talking about I blue balls it here. To be done. Exactly. It's coming. Come on, man. That's a blue ball. That is not satisfying. That is a blue baller move. I am never I'm in my days have I ever been <laughs> accused of blue ballage. <laughs> Oh my God. Well, that ended today. <laughs> All right, Chris. Get used to it. <laughs> well, then you need to stop writing checks that we can't care. <laughs> <laughs> because we just made you an offer you can't refuse. It'll be done. You're saying it. We're doing it. Keep it going. Let's keep it going. A couple things I have going. Um, a project with the city of West Hollywood, which should be interesting. Can't talk about it yet, but I will later. And uh, in a couple of weeks, we have the LA Film Fest going on in downtown LA, and I'll be part of that. Um, working arrivals and red carpets shenanigans. So anyway, freelance publicist. So hit me up. On Twitter. You. Yeah, yeah. Chris. All right. This Chris. has been Chris Fimbres, F-I-M-B-R-E-S. Uh, and I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> you I'm should sorry. Be. Recently, yeah, well. so my sister just told me, Chris, you're not cool. You're not a rebel. Mm-hmm. There's no point of rebelling against technology. You idiot. You're not so Twitter, Instagram, coming soon, guys. Also, I have a show at the Del Close Theater, May 29th. Um, and also in August, mine and uh, Noah's improv group, Vaguely Nefarious, is performing the cage match at Ooh. the L.A. Improv Comedy Festival at the I.O.S. Main Stage. You, you. That's exciting. Yeah. I'm excited about it. You ready? I'm ready right now. I'm ready. 
I was ready yesterday. After after these blue balls, I'm going to explode. <laughs> I'm going to bukkake the entire panel we have oh, here with anticipation. I'm also a poet, too. I don't Maybe know that, if you, you are. I can tell. You are. It was beautiful. That was prose. It was prose. Awesome. All right. Well, I can't follow that up, so I'll just say... <laughs> All of Azikab and my information is in the description for this podcast. Check out Azikab for both Instagram, Twitter, at Azikab Prod. Um, check me out on Twitter, which is at the Noah Kinsey. Instagram, Noah Kinsey, because I'm original. That's and right. all, yep, all links, everything's going to be on the description. So make sure to check out that and the other shows. And we have some new shows premiering soon. So that's really exciting. Um, And then we will see you guys next week for the Cinematic Masterpiece Showgirl. Ow! Cinematic Master something. (laughs) This has been an Aussie Cobb Media Production. Executive Producers Noah Kinsey and Brian Nicholas. For more information, visit AussieCobb.com. Aussie Cobb.